Good evening, and welcome to Progressively Horrified, the show where we hold horror to standards it absolutely never agreed to. <laughs> Good evening, and welcome to Progressively Horrified, the podcast where we hold horror to progressive standards it never agreed to. Tonight, we're talking about the 2002 video game adaptation turned action horror franchise launcher, Resident Evil. First, my co-host and comic book writer, Ben Kahn. Ben, how are you tonight? I'm feeling zombified because I am ready to tear the fuck into this movie. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I can't wait. But next up, my frequent collaborator, comics artist and certified vampire aficionado, Emily Martin. How are you tonight, Emily? I'm uh, I'm well enough. <laughs> <laughs> I see you're wearing your asymmetric dress. Uh, <laughs> uh, thank you. And my boxer shorts underneath. Gotta stay mobile. <laughs> yes, absolutely. You have to be able to bounce off of walls so you can kick zombies because that's a thing that people do in this movie. Um, <laughs> and our special guest tonight, the host of the Talking Comics podcast and assistant managing editor at JoeBlow.com, Steve Say. Steve, how are you tonight? Hey, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. I am doing great. I am here to talk about Resident Evil and perhaps what it could have been if it were more like the games. <laughs> we'll see. Oh, now, now I, I played... would have loved that a lot because then there would have been really cool and interesting mansion settings and set pieces instead of just fucking gray corridors and laboratories. Wouldn't it have been nice if every time that we got close, they didn't snatch it away? (laughs) That would have been a lot of fun. There was a mansion and there was plastic sheeting too. Yes, and statues. Yes. There's a moment where we first see the zombie dog where it just kind of casually strolls (laughs) around the corner. And then just like chills and cocks its head. And I was on my notes, that's not how that debut was supposed to go. (laughs) (laughs) And I, of course, am Jeremy Whitley, and I am here to talk about these zombie dogs, or as they clearly are, stunt dogs covered in meat and fake blood. Um, So let's get started with a little bit of the basics here. This movie is written and directed by visionary director Paul W.S. Anderson and uh, stars the, the woman who would soon be his wife, Mia Jovovich, uh, as well as uh, Michelle Rodriguez, who we know very well from the Fast and the Furious movies, and Eric Mabius, who uh, you probably know from Ugly Betty, if you know him from anything. Um, as Every far as white man in this movie should be David Boreanaz. Yeah, literally, it's like, other than those two, it's like a fleet of white men. Uh, most of whom are indistinguishable and unnamed for most of the movie. They all look like fucking PS3 era video, like shooter protagonists. And what would be more appropriate? I mean, trying to make notes on this movie was impossible because I was like, I was like, the other white guy is stuck in this room, but this white guy is on a computer and he's trying to get the other white guy out of the place. Anyway, uh, as, as for the what it's about, I didn't write anything in this space. <laughs> I don't know how to define it. It's, it's about it's, fuck you zombies. It's a movie that starts off that being about that that like says it's about a computer killing everybody at the beginning, and then there's memory loss, and then eventually you know, it's about zombies. You know that famous Resident Evil villain, <laughs> robots. <laughs> yes, everybody knows Resident Evil, the franchise that's about killer robots. Um, <laughs> it's fucking. 
<laughs> okay, so first of all, uh, before before we jump into it, because God, are we about to scare level? Is it spoopy as in not scary? Spooky as in a little scary? Terrifying as in very scary? Or just existentially disconcerting? I'm not only going to say is this movie spoop any possible moment of terror is completely undercut by the new metal <laughs> and, and every possible moment where i might be like oh shit this is tense fucking here comes the like the corn here comes fucking limp biscuits here comes okay, the I'm gonna, <laughs> i am going to pick some bones here so uh-huh. to speak because the new metal doesn't come in until the end yes the um the credits you know spoilers your reward for watching this film is a new metal medley at the end which i believe concludes with coal chamber and that song is maybe decent i don't know but there is like legit slipknot now the movie itself the i do, I do uh, love slipknot though there are a lot of I, bodies hitting the floor in this movie i've got a lot of love for slipknot that makes some of us, but um, <laughs> it also has frontline assembly, and which goes to show that new metal is the zombified corpse of industrial music. Now I am in going to TED go talk, back. I will. Yeah, in my TED talk. Listen, okay, but but for real though, the composer of this film, the the dude who wrote the score, is recognizably the same dude. The same individual that wrote the score for Invader Zim. It is hard to tell the difference between the scores because of that anvil sound effect as the percussion. Um, my roommate legit walked into the room and was like, "Are you watching Invader Zim?" And I'm like, "No, actually, I'm." Look, watching. in this composer's <laughs> defense, I do not know what music you are supposed to set to a lady karate fighting zombies. That specifically was uh, Nine Inch Nails, but it was the uh, the Jim Thorwell, aka JG Thorwell, aka Jim Fetus, aka Scraping the Fetus off the wheel. Now, <laughs> I've composer. seen so many zombie no. movies. I've also never seen anyone try like karate chopping them. Now, Emily, that was a long answer to "Is this movie spooky?" And <laughs> I don't think it actually answered that I'm question. Gonna- Jeremy, I'm going to oh. skip all the way ahead. This movie talks about nothing. <laughs> this movie Not- is spoopy. There's some jump scares. And some people, there's an elevator, which automatically adds the fear level for me. Uh, also, Steve, the CGI is pretty. With, with spoopy? That's all. I don't think so. I, I, think, I think having seen this movie in the theater, perhaps I would have felt spoopy all the way back then. But given the virus nature and how it's distributed in the film and, you know, living in a pandemic currently, I think adds a little bit of dread to the situation. So I actually mark this down as spooky to terrifying, just because all of a sudden in 2021, rewatching Resident Evil, I can relate to it in, this, in the slightest way. I've, I super fair. relate to Umbrella just being the worst at every part of this response. <laughs> yeah, Umbrella has gotten much realer than it was when this movie first came out. I feel like it's even still so stupidly ridiculous as a company. Where it's like, all right, we've got a situation. Step one of the protocol, find our security people in charge, hit them with the amnesia gas. 
<laughs> yeah, so um as, as plan's going as, super great. As far as uh, actual triggers for this movie, um obviously, you know, we have blood, violence, zombies. Uh <laughs> Emily's written sad animal death. I'm not sure that that's true, but there is uh some animal death in this. Um, there is as steve mentioned pandemic stuff uh and emily has also written that uh the the characters of color the few that there are do not fare well in this movie i i will give this a trigger regarding the animal death i have seen entire comedy movies that do not make me laugh as much as i laughed when Mila jovovich roundhouse kicks <laughs> jelly dog in the face My favorite part of the movie <laughs> <laughs> the knowledge reading the facts about this movie that she trained for months to roundhouse kick a dog is did she really imagine she doing, trained for months to be able to do this the stunts John in this movie Wick. and specifically that one like that was the um, hardest stunt in this movie fucking, <laughs> imagine doing john wick level training for this fucking movie <laughs> Okay. Wow. So non-spoilery stuff. Let's leave it at that. If you don't want us to spoil this, you know, twenty-year-old movie for you, this is the time to leave. Because after this, we're going to jump into. There's enough of a plot to spoil. (laughs) It's it's very difficult to spoil this movie. Although, if you play Resident Evil the video game, it will not spoil this movie for you. That's for sure. No. (laughs) No, No, it will not. You can play all eight hundred Resident Evil movies or games and remakes that there are, and. um, You'll never come anywhere close to what this plot is. I'm sure we'll talk about that. All right. I wish this movie could walk the line of camp the way Resident Evil 4 did. Oh, yeah. Are you talking about the book or the book the or the video game or oh the uh, play? <laughs> or the, oh, my God. The, game. the concept Resident of a Resident Evil, Evil book is just, that's, I'm excited now. Uh, Resident Evil 4, <clears throat> Leon's European Vacation Adventure. <laughs> Which did a really good job of balancing like really high, like high scary tension with honestly kind of over the top camp that knew exactly what it was and how to sell both of those tones and make them work off each other well. What are you buying? (laughs) (laughs) This is a movie where a major villain is just dressed in a Napoleon costume the whole game. And it fucking works. It's been a hot minute since I played four. I might have to go back. Okay, so so let's talk about the opening of this movie. We we start out in the um, well, we start out with some text about Umbrella and how uh, it seems like Google circa two thousand two, and it's actually Google circa twenty twenty. It's it's evil and it's selling everything, including biomechanical weapons and everything else. You uh, know, gotta get that sweet corporate zombie money. Yes. <laughs> Also, the narrator here is Jason Isaacs. Seriously? Yes. Who cameos at the very end of the movie. Yeah, wearing a surgical mask. Yeah. I was actually quite shocked by how much the narrator at the beginning of this movie sounds like he was ripped right out of the game. Right? Yeah. To know how much Jason Isaacs was, Jason Isaacs was paid for this movie. Where he did like (laughs) a half hour of voiceover narration and then like got into surgical scrubs for like a minute. (laughs) <laughs> yeah uh after the after the voiceover the the next like five to ten minutes of this movie are almost indistinguishable from mayhem people walking around in a lab doing stuff and then people trying to leave their uh boring office jobs in the underground lab 
But then uh, somebody drops a uh, bioweapon in their lab. And for some reason, this, this bioweapon lab uh, just has vents that lead out to the rest of the compound. And so like- right? Like you do. Why? Welcome to exhibit one of a million for umbrellas. Just hilariously incompetent. Umbrella does a lot, has a lot of like cutbacks on those, you know, a lot of oversight issues there, like most companies do. Not we only will... does this lab have a vent that has apparently no filter between it and like the rest of the complex. Hashtag no filter. Hashtag. Ha- <laughs> 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 ah! Um. The who. Whoever engineered this lab gave the uh, technicians like UFO catcher technology to manipulate these highly dangerous like viruses and chemicals and shit. And they put these strange chemical vials inside of inside of the little uh, crane games from the arcade. Yeah, the UFO catcher. (laughs) You have to use the... Yeah, the crane game controls to uh, to pick them up, and just like the crane game controls, they do not hold on very well. I love. Yeah. I just love the umbrella incompetence of yes, we are absolutely going to build a mega underground super lab, which is going to cost however much. But I'll be fucking damned if I'm shelling out for multiple like AC units. <laughs> <laughs> this place will have one central air. Yeah, if we spill the virus, which I, I love the way it's so it's. It's not clear if it's thrown or dropped. It looks like someone did like a whoopsie daisy. <laughs> it's like, it looks thrown. And, yeah. you know, at least it's, you know, not directly the fault of the UFO catcher claws that are being used um, dubiously. No, it, it is planned. This virus <laughs> outbreak is planned. I'm still not exactly sure why. I mean, planned is a strong word. (laughs) Feels like he already had the thing and just could have walked out. Yeah, done deliberately. (laughs) You know, I feel like this was sort of a, oh, why not? Maybe a distraction to to help get out of the building. Good fucking distraction. (laughs) And make it kill everyone, and that'll distract it from hitting me with the amnesia gas. No, Maybe I, he's just trying to prove a point about the Umbrella Corporation's lack of biosafety in their own <laughs> facility. Someone, I mean, look, OSHA is not approving any of this. He's just the Zagreus of Umbrella, finding the weaknesses in the defenses. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, watching this movie with a biosafety coordinator was quite the trip. Oh, oh no, I, I asked you about coffee this because you- Coffee in the lab! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you mentioned this to me uh, as you guys were watching it. And I was like, hey, ask Bronwyn if she has any explanation for these weird double helix vials that they use. Oh, yeah. I've never seen anything like this in real life. Oh, my oh I, have, I have prepared answers if you would like them. So oh, yes. in terms of biosafety, my big question is- when Bronwyn has to like quarantine a place down, does she normally explain that like there's been an outbreak and people are exposed? Or does she just like email in all caps, if you go in, <laughs> everyone will die? No, no, no. When when Bronwyn has to isolate one of these things, she gets her memory erased. So <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so okay. 
team. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's keep it from you want to you want to dig into the vials? Yeah. Okay. So here's here's I have this this is pre prepared. Here we go. Jeremy messaged me, DM me, and he said, "Is there a point to the helix shaped vials of the virus?" I have a short answer and I have a longer answer. So here we go. The short answer. This is all from Bronwyn. Not that I can see the longer answer. It's possible, but there isn't any evidence in the movie. Lab glassware is incredibly specialized and there are definitely pieces with a similar shape of those vials, most notably to my mind, distillation columns for fractioning liquids. That said, it's not a common shape for storage. The one application for something like that that I can think of would actually be a biological. SCBIs or self-contained biological indicators for autoclave verification. There's a huge population of bacteria suspended in the inner glass vial and the vial is surrounded by liquid agar to feed the bacteria. But the bacteria and medium are separate until the inner glass vial is broken. If you autoclave the vial, it should kill all the bacteria. So none of them will grow, indicating the autoclave is functioning as intended. Last part, the inner glass vials are rarely helix shaped, but the liquids do come in fun colors. Happy face emoji. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I mean, does it work with viruses? I, does Umbrella know the difference between viruses and bacteria? I don't know that they do. I, like, they're so bad at their job. They skipped that meeting. All of them. <laughs> Did you go to that meeting? Nah, man, you go? No. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Uh, I, I hope nobody froze this sets. Like, oh shit, we had an exposure, a thing that's very likely to happen at our secret virus lab. I love I that the first the first things to notice that there's something going down are the dogs, where they just know like, I smell virus, and they start <laughs> barking their asses off. Uh, it's like time to institute the one and only security measure: kill everyone, <laughs> and then yeah. don't explain it. In my defense, Jeremy, there is an animal on that uh, on the table in the lab. It is either a cat or a rabbit, most likely a rabbit. That's sad. Yeah, they're, they're so doing they're... animal experimentation, I guess. Although, I would have loved to see the zombie rabbit. Where is that deleted scene? I know. <laughs> oh, don't, let, don't let Anderson fight off Manicula. zombie crows. Just a flock <laughs> of zombie crows. And then Alice uses her telekinesis to make them go away. Because Alice just has, straight up has superpowers in the later movies. Hey, honestly, thematically, a zombie white rabbit would be very, very on point in this situation. <laughs> That's true. That's true. And That's a might, missed opportunity. <clears throat> so who's the Cheshire cat in this movie? Uh, obviously, it's Michelle Rodriguez. Okay. I was like, it's either that or it's the CGI monster. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's so bad. That's the Mad Hatter. I don't know. <laughs> so the lab kills literally everybody in dramatic fashion. It floods one of the labs. Uh, it, it does some some really heinous science, shit with an elevator. Um, the science can't get wet, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, I this, love. I, this scene is an entirely I, different horror movie for like the first ten minutes because it's like oh, all this shit's going down and people are going to die. And then I guess like the AI for this lab just likes fucking with people because like it well, just straight up drops <laughs> one of the elevators. And I, it's like, oh, okay. that was too easy. What if like instead I just dropped it a little bit 
And then I let them try to crawl out. And then I killed them by smashing that bump up and down well, against the ceiling. This AI, it, it's bonkers. Like it's planned as like, okay, there's been an exposure. It's not like, oh, now it's time to access my programming and like release the nerve gas that I have in every room for this like specific thing. No, fuck this fucking AI makes the independent decision on her own to go like, well, there's been an exposure. Time for mass murder, even though that's going to do nothing to prevent them from being a zombie horde. If anything, we'll always uh, speed up the process of them being a zombie horde. If they had all been alive, they might have like been alive long enough for a proper quarantine. I have in big red letters in my notes, the Red Queen was just trying to do her job throughout (laughs) this movie. It's not like she was like, oh, the thing happened, time to execute murder.exe. No, she saw something. I was like, all right, what do I got? What do I got? What do I got? I got elevators. I can do shit with elevators. I got sprinklers. Okay, that's a bit of a stretch, but I bet I can kill some people with some sprinklers. If I leave them on long enough. Yeah, I did. that ought to work. Like just room to room being like, all right, what do I got? Oof, can I kill someone with a vending machine? I know Terry's allergic to almonds. I got almond joys in here. We can do something with that. <laughs> yeah like literally there's so many so many sci-fi movies and stuff like this that they're like oh like our quarantine procedure is that the lab is going to get a thousand degrees and then everybody and everything is going to die and uh the red queen is like i don't have that what do i have dogs i have dogs i have water it's the avatar it, it's killing somebody with each element <laughs> I have bio mutants and tanks. I'm like, it's like, look, I'm trying to do a maximum overdrive, but it's a pretty low budget over here. Doing what we can. <laughs> and you know what? I appreciate Red Queen's creativity. She's working with what she's got. It's like an adventure game. How can you make do with your limited set of resources? So the real protagonist is the Red Queen, is what we're saying. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah that's sure. the player. Well, I do have to say, I feel like step two, like, okay, if phase one is murder everyone, phase two should have been like, hey, boss man at umbrella.or.org. <laughs> uh, so just want to give you a heads up. Had to murder everyone. Had a little virus exposure. Just FYI, they're zombies. So when you send some people down, be ready for that because like hey i've got them on lockdown they're contained but they're all but i did have to kill them all not not to not to get ahead of ourselves yeah yeah do it but um there is a big plot point that there is an antivirus so (laughs) why the fuck don't they just use the antivirus? No. Red Queen is pretty anti-antivirus throughout the movie as is. <laughs> They've got it. That's like, but Michelle Rodriguez right here. And she's like, nah, fuck that shit. Kill her. And I love how the Red Queen is like, okay, I'm going to make this unilateral decision, but I don't deal in chance. No, <laughs> Whatever. The thing about- I do hate, though, that the Red Queen is proven entirely right and the anti-venom does not work and Michelle Rodriguez still turns into a zombie. <laughs> no, the- That makes me... The wildest thing about this to me is I'm I'm wondering now that we're talking about the Red Queen's creativity, uh, like (laughs) we talk about they talk about the fact and and we see later on that the the Red Queen's holographic projection is like a child that I guess is based on the programmer's daughter. Is that the brain that it's is working with as well? Is that like the brain of a child (laughs) inside this AI? And that's like why all this stuff happens. 
knowing both Umbrella in this movie and fucking Jorah, the main villain in the next movies, I know his name is Ian Glenn. I'm calling him Jorah. <laughs> well, I... uh, probably. It's probably just like a fucking nine-year-old's brain in charge of security and like this fucking government, not government, evil dumbass corp. Shadow Corp. <laughs> yeah. They would that, be making so much money with just the not zombies. Just <laughs> focus on your non-zombie profit sectors. <laughs> so, uh, he, I mean, it's 2002. How, how advanced can your AI be at that point? You know? Uh, not very, according to those maps that they have in this movie. This oh, yeah. It, is run by a fucking Furby. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at least a PlayStation 1. Maybe a PlayStation 2. In fact, I think Mila Jovovich does insert a PlayStation 2 into the computer at some point in order to make the computer go. Well, so we do, we do get our intro to Mila Jovovich in the way that Mila Jovovich has to be introduced in every movie. It's in her contract. Uh, wake, waking up naked with no memories. <laughs> I guess, yeah. Fuck, you just started. Wait, I get introduced out. every morning. Just, just starting right out of the gate with some fifth element deja vu. I mean, yes. literally, we 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 kill everybody in the lab, then cut to naked woman on the floor in the shower. That's yeah. That's the kind of editing we have in this movie. It's pretty sick bathroom though. Like her whole setup is pretty dope. Okay, yeah. everything about this mansion is a massive T. It feels like a fuck you. <laughs> it feels like the movie is personally telling me like, hey. You know the original video game? Yeah. You know yeah. it's famous atmospheric setting that made it such a huge success? We have it. It's right here. We're not even going to fucking use it. Because no. fuck you. That's why. <laughs> we even get to see the grounds at one point when Alice makes her way outside and then becomes frightened by the wind. And they look and goes great. Back oh, in. <laughs> I would have loved to see some zombie dogs on those grounds. Yeah, that's this the thing. That... Mention, it's a shitty train stop. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Also not a good, yeah. It's a shitty subway station. Mansion, the exterior of the mansion also leaves a lot to be desired. Like, I, this is one of the points in the movie that I really do wish that I had had the time in my life to play any of the games. Like, my, my extent of playing Resident Evil is just playing Jill in Marvel vs. Capcom 2. Nice. Um, yeah, yeah that's, the, that gives you the gist. I mean, I, all I know like is... Man and that stops the zombies. She, yeah, she has a plant and she's a member of stars. And that's it. So now, but it's it gives me a really great line for whenever I have to watch a movie using my stars subscription. So <laughs> it's so weird to me because Paul Paul Douglas Anderson, like I thought he did like more he did such a great job on Mortal Kombat. Like that's a beloved childhood movie of mine. I've seen it a ton of times. And you know, having since as an adult gotten super into like the Mortal Kombat mythology and the whole Kung Fu oh, soap opera. Yeah. That first movie he does does such a great job of distilling the story, being true to like the characters, the feel, the vibe. Like he really like, and especially the fact that he really clues into the main <laughs> characters from the game. I know I'm breathlessly defending Mortal Kombat. That's in the yes, as you should, as I should. And this, that is a good movie. And this movie feels so. Relatively. A shame. It feels like it's trying 
to separate itself from the games as much as possible. It's a tease. Every time that the movie shows you something that could be satisfying for the, the gaming audience that came to this movie, they rip it away. Like, and when Alice is first walking around after she wakes up, she even finds a drawer with weapons and armor that are encased in glass that has a code. Like that, she doesn't have the code for the, for the essentially a puzzle so she can't gain access to the weapons and armor and no has to go ups. and then find her asymmetrical dress yeah. instead. No, no Chekhov's gun there. Yeah, no. no Chekhov's. I mean, that's the thing too, is it like you, they introduce this whole drawer of guns and then do absolutely nothing with it. You know, I, it's not a satisfying callback Resident, at all. Resident Evil story, all in all, like compared to like, you know, trying to adapt a big RPG, like a Mass Effect or a Final Fantasy, Resident Evil story is pretty simple, like, and very kind of the singular setting based. It's pretty, it's, imagine it's a story that actually lends itself pretty well to like an hour 40, hour 45, like adaptation. Oops, the doops. Uh. <laughs> I mean, if you actually adapt the game instead of just being like zombie hallway science lab adventure. I will <laughs> say that your, your, um, breakdown of Mortal Kombat uh, or perhaps buildup <laughs> of Mortal Kombat uh, is really valid, especially because that movie and those games have there's a particular uh, atmosphere, attitude what have you um, and it's a pretty much like one to one ratio of um, feel from the Mortal Kombat movie to the Mortal, Mortal Kombat game and, and vice versa um it's also a think, crime that robin Shaw didn't get to be like a huge action star yeah after just being insanely cool and like badass and hot in mortal Kombat. <laughs> yeah i say i spent a lot of time in the uh the trivia about this movie trying to figure out how it became what it is um and in doing so i learned that george fucking romero wrote a script for this movie and the, they turned him away. Like what? They, what? They like his script apparently is oh much closer God. to the actual game's plot. I would love to read that script. In addition to that, Kevin Williamson, the writer of Scream and the Faculty, also wrote a script <laughs> for this movie that they also turned away. Uh, also, Alan McElroy, who wrote the Doom adaptation, maybe not the best. Uh, this <laughs> qualifier ooh, here. Ooh. Uh, also, we're really going, this. So, this we're really going like, levels of hype with these. Like this was like, these, yeah, yeah. Like, but this was their choice. Like, they had three different people who have written like pretty significant horror movies before what, this, and they were like, you know, what about this one that has nothing to do with the plot of the game that we're adapting? Yeah, like this movie feels like somebody pitched them a sci-fi like horror action that wasn't associated with any like property was just like this woman wakes up she has to like descend into this lab and it turns out there's been a whole zombie invasion and like they pitched that and the series like we love it our only note is can it be like resident evil instead yeah yeah it's like the later diehard movies you know yeah. <laughs> that are clearly like this was something else and they were like but what if we had bruce willis in it and we called it diehard four um Hey, Sony? They came into this with the laser hallway scene down, like, pat, like that was it. That's the set 
piece of their crazy like sci-fi horror like action movie and then they fucking use that in the first 15 minutes they're like what else you guys like uh i don't know but we got a lot on the soundtrack to burn through so i just want to talk to our good friend sony sony hey just let me your ear for just a second that george romero script is still out there everybody's doing reboots just um putting that out there they are making a resident evil reboot and it's supposed um, to be closer to like the Spencer Mansion yes. stuff. Uh, Hannah John Kamen, I believe, is in it. Robbie Amell as Chris yeah. Redfield, which yep. I'm like, yeah, that's the that's the level of generic that Chris Redfield demands. <laughs> 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 yeah. The okay. Le- well, good. The I'm lesser Amell, like, the lesser Amell cousin. That's Chris Redfield, and I say that completely sincerely. There's also a CGI animated Netflix series uh, that's due this year as well that looks pretty damn good. Oh. Yeah, apparently yeah. the George Romero one actually had Jill Valentine and Chris Renfield in it. Uh, like, they they were in that story. And uh, also, apparently, at least the, the Alan McRoy one had the giant hornets and everything in it. Well, um, the problem with the future Resident Evil movies is uh, Ali Larder stars as Claire Redfield, Allie Larder, most well-known recently for uh, being Racist. revealed to have gotten her black co-star on Heroes Fired. Mm. She sucks. Oof. <sighs> and I don't want to watch her in anything anymore. Oh. All right. So, so Mia Jovovich wakes up. Wakes and, up naked. Um, she wakes up find, naked and she goes to a bedroom a and there's and, a... Yeah, finds an asymmetric slinky dress and guns. And to defend herself, she chooses the asymmetric slinky dress and leaves the guns. Um, yeah. Then she Not goes the outside and I... is scared by wind. I, I might have made that same choice. I'm like, she does... guns or dress, I do want to look cute. I'll give her a little bit of credit. Uh, and actually, no, I'll give, her, I'll give her plenty of credit in this sequence. She finds relatively decent footwear for the situation, uh, given that it's supposed to be a horror movie. And she proceeds with caution. She turns on all the lights and just doesn't stumble from room to room not being cautious. Uh, I do not approve of her leaving the gun, though. She might have been able to smash that case and take the gun with her. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I I can see why she'd be afraid of the wind because that dress is, like, made of paper. But, um, (laughs) you know, but she has some, like, chones underneath that are are pretty solid. So, you know, at least she's not, like, ass out. Yeah. I really relate to Alice in this scene because I too am expecting a horror movie in a mansion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so doesn't happen. She goes outside to investigate stuff and uh, quickly is scared by the wind, so goes back inside and is seized upon by Matt, a a man as interesting as his name, um, <laughs> played by Eric Babius. Like like we said, the the rich magazine owner from Ugly Betty. Uh, that's the only other thing I know him from. Um, you don't know him from The Crow Salvation? I do not know him. Don't ever talk Salvation. about that movie it's again. Even just a pair of rocket right. launchers for okay. art behind, beneath like the ugliest blue button down. Crow <laughs> Salvation, the one with Edward Fred. Fa- this is one saying no, Men's Fashion does um, nothing. Men's Fashion is like, he is dressed like the most boring 
Jim from the office, office worker, blew by down like, oh, I'm going to work in my zombie movie. Then later he rips that off with a full-on diehard tank top, and it's like, whoa. Fucking <laughs> yeah, Matt, Matt is so uninteresting that I already started thinking about Edward Furlong, too, because I was so bored I was going to fall asleep. I don't have a point other than just men's fashion is terrible, and <laughs> if it was better, it would... Uh, like these boring white dudes would be less boring looking if any of them could have fashion that went with their gender. <laughs> so uh, no sooner does Matt grab her and pull her back into the house than a uh, presumably helicopter that I don't think we see lands and a whole bunch of special forces guys and gals this, come running in. can afford a helicopter, Jeremy? <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. It's, it's, it's well just a big recording. Do you, do you see what this mansion exterior is? <laughs> it's just a guy is? standing outside going, zip, 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 <laughs> I mean, how many... <laughs> I mean, there's a, there's at least a few of, like, minor of these military dudes where I'm like, okay, you can't speak English and you had to be 80 dard. That's what happened here. <laughs> There's yes. some really sweet, like, industrial uh, something or other happening. You know, there's some sick beats and guitars happening <laughs> at this point. And, uh, and then there are a bunch of people come in with gas masks on. So I'm like, all right, cool, cool. And, um, you know, and I think it's also so quick after Matt shows up just to keep us from falling asleep. <laughs> um, because Matt is so boring. Yeah, he's so boring. I forgot he's in the movie for long stretches of the movie. All cops are boring. Yeah, they. Um, <laughs> so the, these guys run in and handcuff him for unclear reasons. We don't know why he's there. Neither do they. Um, and he's. They have like a bit dedicated to explaining it, where Matt's like, oh, "I'm new, but I'm not in the thing. I'm not in the system, so nobody would know who I am." And it's like, why did we even bother with that dialogue? It doesn't. <laughs> it equals nothing. Um, terrible nonsense excuse that Umbrella accepts unquestioningly. Yeah, they they're just like, well, we don't know who he is, so let's put him in handcuffs and take him with us. It's like he says he's new. Checks out. I just finished my orientation. <laughs> Where am I? <laughs> it's my first. It's just you heard him, Chief. It's his first day. <laughs> I see no reason to do any further backgrounds. We have like a quarantine to break. I mean, to be fair, Mia Jovovich doesn't know who she is. So like he could have just do? said, I don't remember. <laughs> um, yeah, but if he cool. went in, how crazy would, if he goes in not knowing, cause he doesn't know that she's there, that she doesn't have amnesia. If he just went in and was like, what are you doing here? And he's just like, amnesia. <laughs> that's what's gonna happen the next time if i'm ever caught doing something i shouldn't i mean i'm like like, i i don't know i know kung fu though it's like so what's your deal look i was just breaking into a warehouse cops found me i told them i had amnesia next thing i know i'm teaming up with this spunky lady detective to take down like a conspiracy of criminal families dating back hundreds of years that sounds amazing see look um so don't take my advice but you know i mean i'm i mostly just combined the blacklist with whatever show jamie alexander was on (sighs) (laughs) um so so what happens at this point is they they take matt with them into the secret underground railway that's under this house not 
not that kind of underground railway, but like Big an actual Evangelion vibes. If Evangelion was garbage, <laughs> I there were there's a couple moments in this have that have Evangelion vibes, but um, as always, I cannot um, continue, or else we are going to have several episodes of digressively horrified on our hands. So um... shoot the zombie, Shinji. <laughs> uh, or michelle rodriguez will have to do it again they did manage to get a video game reference like on the train though painted onto the train that's called a galaxy 5000 and it's uh, a train featured in resident evil 2 and resident evil outbreak uh the train's name is alexi and it's a reference to uh, alexia ashford who is the main villain in resident evil code veronica so this train is a deep cut (laughs) <laughs> okay, these props are the only times we get real references because the props people are the only ones who gave a fuck about the franchise. Yep. Be like, I'm going to paint it on there. Like, they're going to notice. No, they're not. They don't know any better. Like, I feel like even it just being the Umbrella Corporation was a argument that Paul W.S. Anderson, like, fought and lost. <laughs> I, yeah, I think it's a. Uh, it's definitely like I'm. I'm feeling a little bit more merit to the idea that this was a totally different movie, and then they just slapped it onto Resident Evil, or I should say, slapped Resident Evil onto it. Um, and then they're like, okay, put umbrella shit on everything, and now you know our movie about the weird Alice in Wonderland, Red Queen, Alice shit, you know, rabbit hole, haha, get it? Like all that shit, you know is now justified to be like part of the resident evil uh is this whole alice in wonderland theme thing with her being named alice and the red queen but the thing is they don't name her until the credits nobody calls her alice nobody says she's alice it's not until you get to the credits that you're like oh that character's name is alice um, but they were I, all pawns on Umbrella's chessboard and, all along, Jeremy. I forgot about that because <laughs> I feel like they call her Alice like every 10 seconds in like the later movies. Like at any time in like by the fourth or fifth movie, anytime Alice isn't on screen, it's other characters standing around going like, but where's Alice? What's Alice doing? How She's do the only we... one keeping this afloat. Yeah, and the the real the real problem with all the white guys begins here because we introduce a second white guy who's knocked out in the train who Mia Jovovich's unnamed character recognizes as her unnamed significant other, uh, which we'll later find out when she just says it three-fourths of the way through the movie that his name is Spence. Um, He is unnamed for a significant amount of the movie as well. But uh, (laughs) I just had him written in my notes as forced American accent, man. Oh, God. It is a bad American accent. Yeah. Uh, so I when I when the team was in, um, introduced, um, we have uh, Colin Salmon, who is one who I don't think they actually name, but he's like the leader. Um, I love Colin Salmon, and I wish he had been in more of this movie because he's honestly like a highlight. Yeah, and yeah. then he also like I I swear I've heard his voice in video games. I didn't IMDb him because I was too busy like trying to write down all these notes about He's who these characters were. In a lot of stuff, he was in like Arrow, uh, the Limitless series. He was in Masters of None. He played General Zod in the Krypton show. He nice. is one of those people that has been in just about 
damn near like he's voiced somebody or had a cool character role in just that damn near everything. The real missed opportunity here is that they don't all just have number names because they yeah. well because he is one and then there's Rain who's Michelle Rodriguez who's the tough girl and also the engineer because she's the one who fixes the train. Nobody else is useful for anything in that scene. Um, the medic lady does something earlier with something before lasers yeah i mean there's also there's this jd who's the tough guy uh who's also uh vaguely latinx uh he's he's yeah one of these like him and colin salmon are the only like not white guys in this group um there's also kaplan who is i guess the hacker he is a guy who uses a computer which by the standards you mean the laptop on his wrist yes yeah also this is where the movie reveals that Spence is the bad guy because he's played by James Purfoy and James Purfoy has never not played the bad guy ever. Ah. Yeah. There's yeah, also yeah. some sort Look of other him up on Wikipedia. There. Look him up on Wikipedia. His Wikipedia image is the evilest goddamn villain smirk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's there's also a great- other white guy who I don't know if he has a name, it won't matter for very long. And then there's Medic, who is the other female character in this, who, I mean, you might've guessed by her name, won't be around very long. <laughs> um, I think other agent man, he has one line and it's in that that faded hallway that we'll visit very soon. Yes. Something like not like this or some shit. He goes, "What's that?" And then it doesn't end. <laughs> it doesn't end well for him. <laughs> to be he fair, finds out what it is. Pretty much yeah. my reaction by the tricky lasers again. I can't not think that the laser hallway is the scene like Anderson like had in his head going into this, and then everything else is like. All right, how the fuck do I have a movie that lets me do this super cool like laser hallway sequence I came up with? Yeah. And it's cool. I love the laser hallway. Can we I wish talk- there was way more of it. Like, I I thought for sure it was going to come back. Like, oh, here's like a monster I can't kill. Ah, you know I can kill it? Laser hallway. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Four people went into... Are we even at the hallway sequence yet? Can we talk about it? I mean... They they take the train to the hive, which is their clearly under like clearly an unused subway station <laughs> they enter into. It's actually apparently a, an unused subway station in Berlin. Um, uh, yeah, they, they find Spence hanging out in the train, uh, unconscious and not knowing who he is. Um, and the, the team leader one explains to Alice and Spence that they work for Umbrella and uh, you know, they're, they don't know anything because uh, when something goes wrong, they cause everybody at the seat of the problem to lose their memory by dispensing nerve gas, which is just the best fucking plan. <laughs> like, they're, they're there literally faking an entire marriage and life for the security of this hive. And as soon as something goes wrong, they erase their memories so they don't know what happened or what they can do. Uh, everybody that they send in knows what's going on so like what is even the point of having the people that are in charge i don't know but um yeah and they the train apparently leaves them they they get off the train at like one of the alien sets from the many alien movies it kind of go like this whole movie in terms of settings kind of goes backwards in the aliens franchise but yeah at the at a certain point they get to um 
literally like the 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 Nostromo with the chains and the water and everything. But yeah, there's this room full of buses or or big crates or something that have dryer hoses everywhere, and then there's like something in there with a brain. Yep. Um, Chekhov's and, weird crate. And we we also learned that uh, everybody that their mission is to shut down the Red Queen, the AI that runs this place, because it's just gone crazy and killed everybody, and they need to find out why. They're not really concerned with the finding out why part. They really <laughs> just want to shut the Red Queen down, and then they'll figure out why, which seems like a bad way to do this. Um, yes. Yeah, clearly as they're walking up, there's tons of untoward shit that's gone on in the labs. Uh, Alice isn't sure she wants to remember what's going on and, and what's happened here. Um, they, they decide to bypass all these uh, security measures to go deliver this EMP to knock Alice out. I don't think they ever say the words EMP, but they describe yeah. an EMP. <laughs> um, but they do, yeah, they I, do describe it, an EMP. They do, God. As they're, in the, alien, as they're in the Nostromo. That's when we get A to the final hallway makes... before they can deliver the, uh, the EMP, which is the is... laser hallway that we've been Now, is there about. a reason they split up at this point? Where it's like, okay, half of us, including one, the amnesia woman, you go to the laser hallway, half the team plus amnesia man, you stay on the Nostromo. I think I don't think any of them, of the amnesia folks go in the hallway. I mean, there it's it's surprising that so many people do go into the hallway, just in terms of like uh, the processing of this. But anyway, but um, you wanted to talk about the the hallway. I did. I did yes. want to talk about the hallway because I want somebody to correct me if I'm wrong. I watched this movie twice in preparation for tonight, <laughs> and by my count. Four people go into that hallway, but we only see three of them die. Yes. Right? Because yes. medic medic gets it first. Yes. And then she gets like she's just like, what lasers? That's wacky. Head right? off. Right, right. So she so she gets she gets her head cut off. When that laser comes down the hallway, the other other agent man gets Duck. his fingers cut off yeah. and falls to the ground. He is then left to his own devices. Oh, Jeremy, go ahead. I do want to discuss the fact that this scene, for something that is very much not adapting a video game, this scene is so video game villain progression. <laughs> because first <laughs> yes. it's a laser that goes straight down the hallway, and you can avoid that just by ducking. And then there's the laser that moves up and down, and you have to have <laughs> some sort of progression laser. to get out of the way of that. And then, if by some miracle you survived that, it's time for the waffle laser. Like, there's a guy who loses fingers, and then there's guys like, "Ooh, I'm gonna jump over it. I got this." And then, like, he jumps, and then the laser's like, "Yeah, I'm a tricky laser," and it jumps and like cuts him in half. Right. As far as I can tell, that guy never lands. He just disappears. We never see his body. I don't think. Right, but lasers don't go waffle for the last guy until more than halfway down the hallway. So it it skips the guy with the fingers cut off. We never, we never actually see him get. We never see him get it. Is, is that my imagination? I mean, I, I guess he. I think he was the same guy as the waffle fries as well. Um, <laughs> I did like that it. the MacGuffin they needed to take down Red Queen didn't also get waffled. Waffled, yes. <laughs> also, somebody has seen like, a lot of like, anime, and they just wanted to do the like body sliding apart bit. Oh, the, yeah. This hallway reminds me of an elongated room from that movie Cube. 
this yes. hell, that's, how, that's what they wanted this movie to be. I truly believe that this hallway is the reason the whole movie exists. Yeah, it was a cube, like a hypercube. Yeah. Weird. He fucking like, wanted to make cube. Like, I don't cube, know if we should cube. be making this, but did you see the, the hallway sequence? Like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> what if the lasers crossed over each other? Like, this is Whoa. the one sequence that's like, we're going to have some like cool stunt work. We're going to have like some interesting cinematography. Like, there's so much passion for this sequence and crafting it. Just so, like, okay, it's gonna go. We're just gonna have, we're gonna think he's gonna have a chance right up until the last second. Yep. And then every other scene, it's like, I don't know, they shoot the zombies and then we just fucking slap some new metal on it. This, I don't yeah. We even get that ocular fluid moment dripping out of the eye right before yeah. he falls to pieces. Yeah. This scene would have been 100% better if, like, it's when so that good. waffle popped up, he was like, clever girl. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly like, what this, what this scene is. The, like, I've got this. And then it's like, oh no, you don't got this. Like, yeah. also, it's like and it is a girl. The Red Queen's a girl, so it's technically could do it. Like having not seen the movie until now, but you know, being a twelve-year-old that watched a lot of television and Adult Swim, fucking like this was the scene. Like this, mm-hmm. they played this in the, they like tease this in the trailers. Like mm-hmm. I remember people that did see it, like at school, like this was the scene they talked about. Like this was the scene. And I was amazed that it came like 15 minutes in. Yeah, I was early. I'm like, whoa, this was the big set piece. Like, you're going to come back to this hallway and do more laser shit, right? These lasers <laughs> were great. So to, to your point, Steve, I think that I think that um, the uh, the baby white boy, unnamed baby white boy that is in the um in the team is the same one who jumps and get his fingers cut off because oh yeah because they're that would make i think it was just the three of them that went into the hall because i don't unless there was another yet another baby white boy which could be i could swear there was four i can't tell them apart yeah i watched this movie twice and i can't remember all these fucking nathan drake cop looking motherfuckers I can't tell them apart. No, I was ta- I was with my husband, and we were we were, ta- and I had to pause the movie, and I'm like, wait a minute, that's JD, and he's like, no, JD's in the JD's that other guy, and I'm like, well, I thought JD was this guy, and he's like, no, JD's that guy, and that guy's Kaplan. I'm like, no, Kaplan's that guy, and I'm like, all these white guys look the same, and there's just a white guy Xerox machine in one of those rooms. Yeah, maybe <laughs> there was a stunt. She was being the slightly less white guy. It's like, <laughs> yeah, well, JD was. That's a tough guy, a.k.a. I have him as Hot Stuff McHandsome. Um, <laughs> I, I do appreciate that after these lasers mow down three guys, Kaplan is like, oh, I didn't hit enter. Hold on. Like, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta hit enter, and then Fucking all the security Kaplan. system will be down. <laughs> He's like, is let Kaplan me type some more things onto the keyboard, and then, like, then they can walk through and put the EMP Kaplan in. doesn't put in the laser turn off code he doesn't remember the code to the zombie elevator which turns out being you know okay that i didn't remember that i guess oh wait colon slash slash shit oh well well there goes all the diversity <laughs> of the movie I, I i swear to god when it opened up and everyone's just a pile of pieces i really thought he was gonna go like are you okay <laughs> 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 like measure the pulse of the cube stakes on the ground being like hey 
<laughs> How great would that be if he races over, like, measures the pulse of, like, just one of the pieces, and then, like, mournfully looks at Allison's heels and just shakes his head going, like, he didn't make it. <laughs> I mean, a lot of quips could have come from this situation, like, from, from one many, from many one. All or one. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so don't the- go to pieces trying to figure it out. <laughs> Thank you. Nice, nice. We got, so, we got there. Yeah. Okay. So now that all the expendable people have died, all the expendable people have died. Allison and Kaplan decide to walk down the hallway, and uh, now that the lasers are turned off, and they find a uh, creepy girl hologram. Red um, Queen, the world's worst communicator. <laughs> I mean, fine. this is where I need. The whole movie could still be prevented if she just goes like, hey, there's zombies. I got them on lockdown. Don't fucking kill me or the zombies will come out. Instead, she opts for... Instead, she just opts to do the the badass line and says, you're all going to die down here. (laughs) I don't deal in chance. I still remember that line from the trailer for the movie when it came out in theaters. All going to die in here. Which is like... Okay, but this isn't a threat. This is instructions. Tell them about the zombies, you terrible computer. <laughs> you really- awful PlayStation 2 memory card for a brain computer. <laughs> just, that's, that's unfair to nine-year-olds, but um, just real quick. Just, just, just I have uh, one of these bones over here to pick. Sure, okay. Um, the EMP fried the motherboard right it, it emp seems to have shut everything off temporarily and they have to take out her motherboard like they have to physically open it up they have to open up the disk drive and take out the motherboard from the disk drive um so that she doesn't come back on guys i'm gonna make a bold prediction uh i don't think paul ws anderson knows very much about emps or computers you think? Because like they could have just you know put it off in the in the laser room because you know lasers, from what I can remember, I mean, I'm not a laserologist or anything, but I'm pretty sure they are computer driven and there's you know circuitry involved in their function. So you know, I don't think that Paul W. S. Anderson knows much about. Uh science behind decomposition either because the red queen goes on to explain uh what happens to people once they're exposed to the virus and we get a bad explanation about uh hair and fingernails growing after death yeah which is not i'm pretty sure they already kind of do yeah. No, they they don't actually. The they don't, hair. They're not. Is that a, is that a superstition snapple? Yes. The the yes. Fle- the flesh snapple. retracts, <laughs> making the hair and nails look as if they're growing, but they're not. It's, it's actually just staying the same. Yeah, that's a fun. Right, I, I learned something. Thank you, Resident Evil movie. <laughs> thank no. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Steve. <laughs> Because Resident Evil uh, dealt us a, a falsehood. Resident yeah. Evil taught me nothing. Had- I, I don't know what I for, forgot. 
new cells that are was not- like the price I paid for watching this movie. Like, I don't know what I had to leave my brain for the memories of this movie to enter, but I know I, I like I'm dumber for having seen it. I definitely forgot like a physics equation in order to watch this movie. I used yeah. to know how velocity worked. I don't know shit about velocity anymore. I just know Resident Evil. Don't worry, <laughs> we're watching more Fast and Furious and we'll figure it out. That's I true. bet you didn't know also that when EMPs go off, it opens every door in a facility. <laughs> every door is opened and anybody can just wander in and out of all the doors because that's what happens. And then we, we finally get to see what's going on with uh, Rain and uh, JD and still handcuffed uh, Matt or Chris or Scott or whatever his name it is. doesn't oh. fucking matter. Underbaked Eric Mabius. <laughs> he could just be Eric for all that matters. I mean, <laughs> just go with that Brian O'Connor. David Bory. <laughs> David, oh. <laughs> uh, I think David Bory Annis is not great, but. <laughs> I mean, meanwhile, Rain is wandering around uh being Michelle Rodriguez, doing her tough girl shit in this scene. Uh, Michelle which, Rodriguez. Emily, I, I just Michelle saw Rodriguez. your note on here. Oh, yeah. She smells skanks. <laughs> Has Michelle Rodriguez... Is she more Michelle Rodriguez here or in Fast and Furious? Because I actually think she out-Michelle Rodriguez is herself in this movie. She At least is... if we're comparing just the first Fast and Furious to this first Resident Evil. I, I think she would have to be more Mo- Michelle Rodriguez in this movie because she actually gets to shoot people with a gun uh, or with a machine gun. Um, for some reason, though, in this movie, she is really like they whatever she's trying to see is like just above her range of vision. <laughs> so she really looks like she's rolling her eyes the whole time. And, you know, I know she doesn't do that because I've seen the Fast and the Furious up now thank you jeremy and we ben still and- have four movies to go before letty yes. actually starts doing things don't yes. remind me oh my god okay so enjoy the ride i i will i will, I will enjoy the ride my my i have nos for blood and an engine for a <laughs> bladder but um five is so good go ahead i <laughs> But yeah, so she's, and that's another thing too, is that this movie, whatever, whoever like added the filters to this movie really didn't think about people of color because the blue makes a lot of these people, you know, whatever, like makeup artist or whatever, I don't know whose fault it is, um, <laughs> but they, they didn't think about how, you know, blue and warm tones sometimes makes green. So, you know poor michelle rodriguez looks kind of green for a lot of this movie this movie um, did not care about people of color feels like an accurate statement yes regardless of, like just period no no further qualified yeah roundabout that's where i'm trying to go um, Yeah, no, because you're exactly right michelle rodriguez does look green and not because she's zombie infected yeah she, that doesn't although i will get there no, we'll get um, to here because the first zombie she meets, she just sticks her hand in her mouth and it's like, <laughs> ow, she bit me. Chapter like, 12 of Umbra- everyone in Umbrella is terrible at their job. Yeah, like literally somebody somebody meanders at her slowly and she's like, what the fuck, dude? Hold on. And like just sticks her hand out. The woman bites her. And so she decides to beat her ass. Um, and I do appreciate that people show back up and they're like, She's like, I got a survivor. 
the guy's like so you so you beat her ass so you shot her He's like well she bit me so this is the one the one time that the movie goes for some sort of like maybe realistic take where you have a bunch of trained uh so i guess swat team whatever and they are actually tra- i mean to be fair they're a little bit more reasonable with these civilians than some cops are um well, as we've established these are white zombies that's true <laughs> although rob zombie is not in this movie which you know considering the soundtrack is kind of a missed opportunity but um anyway i feel like if they'd asked rob zombie to be in this soundtrack he would have said no you know what <laughs> these special forces guys can't fucking do is shoot somebody in the fucking head because they waste like 50 bullets on this one zombie who then just falls down and lays there and rolls around for a while i was like I don't care if you know it's a zombie. If this is, you know, one of the 800 movies that goes by the rules of like, zombies aren't real, but (laughs) there's clearly zombies in this movie. At what point when somebody is trying to kill you, do you not just shoot them in the head? That bothers me so much. Anytime there's a zombie movie that where they don't immediately go, oh shit, it's zombies. Let's at least try zombie rules. Like, literally, the Red Queen has to tell them later what zombie rules are. The Red Queen's like, hey, they're zombies. You should either break their spine or shoot them in the brain. And they're like, huh. So, for the record, these special forces guys, not as good detectives as John and Anna in the Apocalypse. (laughs) This is true. I mean, uh, apparently they don't know how blood works either. So, you know, there's that. Um, Maybe they got hit by some dumb gas it coagulated it's been dead it can't that's impossible yeah just fucking saying words umbrella has their own kind of dumbass gas yeah for real (laughs) um but i mean maybe michelle rodriguez was trying to hit the zombie woman with the machine gun to wound her she certainly tried That's the sound of that gun going off was pretty epic after he shot the the zombie in the leg and she just rips this gun over I'm just trying to wound her with multiple torso shots yeah oh man like they start arguing about this zombie and then the zombie just disappears like it just wanders off I guess very sneaky zombie yeah it's it's just taken so many bullets and it's like you know what i'm gonna batman this shit just poof gone they don't they don't know there's that many zombies coming they don't know to save bullets yet well but then how many then we people have broken leg zombie dragging an axe here um and then he, all we want to do is eat your brains what was this room for like what was the giant brain space coffin room for on a normal Tuesday? Was it not housing the? Go ahead, Emily. I'm sorry. Oh, I was I was just gonna say what you said. Oh, sorry. that it's it's housing the the liquors. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they are. I'm sorry. Oh, I also thought you meant that's where like you're just sticking the booze. No, they're called liquors. Ah! That's the enemy type. 
Yeah, yeah. they it's even so and, and to, to the point they yeah. even they even fuck this up later in the movie. We haven't gotten there yet, but they yeah. even fuck up the I evolution. I just called it CGI ass. <laughs> I it's, just called them tongue lashers, which I think is I, a different video game. The fact that they're called lickers is such a missed opportunity. <laughs> this film, holy shit, so many jokes. They <sighs> like. I this is an action movie. You gotta quip. The other thing that I don't think is ever made clear in this is whether these creatures that are stored in this room, the liquors, have anything to do with this fucking zombie virus or whether they're like a completely different horrible experiment. I'm not sure. Going on. They actually go over it in the, in the film. I believe the Red Queen explains that it was a failed, their, their failed experiments that they were keeping watch over um, it's just like, I mean, we're getting ahead of ourselves, but like the nemesis program stuff, it's just another program that Umbrella is overseeing that was a, a failed portion of the, of the virus, I think. So again, all of these things are in an, any kind of sensible company is why just make more missiles, <laughs> maybe some guidance systems. I don't know. That seems like it would do a lot better. I don't know if you really need the super zombies when we have drones. Corporations always want to weaponize their monsters. Well, it, yeah. Again, it's a lot better in, or it's a lot more enjoyable in the game where Umbrella is like kind of explicitly founded by these absolutely insane, campy cultist types who are trying to like ex- achieve godhood through ancient viruses. <laughs> so doing all this weird monster shit, like it is like their goal. And it's like, so oh, no, that's Evangelion. Yeah, like the money stuff is just on the side. Like we really are about like these crazy ass viruses. As far as I can tell, this is like, all right, like let's do our quarterly profit statement. Like, hey, we're doing great in pharmaceuticals, technology through the roof. Uh, how them zombie division looking? Seeing a lot of growth in that zombie sector. Good work, everybody. <laughs> Someone's just keeping around the the failed, the quote unquote failed experiment liquors just because like, I just think they're neat. <laughs> we're gonna figure out something to do with these things i swear yeah they gotta have one use. guy some I'll sort of you. nepotism is going on making sure this guy doesn't lose his favorite liquor god the, the so most, many opportunities the most the wild thing, thing about can... this scene to me is that they're all running around shooting at zombies ineffectively unable to kill zombies cannot shoot them in the head but Michelle Rodriguez can fucking snap a zombie's neck, no problem. Like close up, hands on, pow, dead. But like all the guns in the world, they can't get a second one down. The only Special nice forces. thing I can say about the CGI for the liquors in this movie is that it's better than the CGI in the other Mila Jovovich action movie, Ultraviolet. Oh boy. Oh my God, I forgot it that uh. movie. I forgot. I forgot about that movie. We all did. It's Isn't that terrible. supposed to be a sequel to Equilibrium? I, I hope so. not. It sounds I, like it would be, but I don't I, think so. I, I might have to look movies. that up. Yeah, look it no up. How it would be. Um, Equilibrium. Whoa, that is another. Oof. This is this is the point where we have a, a flashback. Alice has a flashback to being in the crow. Um, I guess <laughs> it's weird. God, yeah, she's graveyard scene. <laughs> <laughs> goth video <laughs> where she's she thinks maybe she remembers being part of uh something to do with the virus 
She's not sure. She thinks she was getting the virus for somebody, but she doesn't tell anybody this except us, I guess. Yeah, uh, but you know, and Andrew Eldritch is there, but like only for a second, you know. Um, it's, it's Sisters of Mercy. Anyway, and Matt seems to be able to kick a zombie. Yeah, Matt gets out of his fucking handcuffs during this fight scene. Well, the rest of them can't even manage to like get their own thumbs out of their asses. <laughs> Matt, the only one who's not a special forces soldier, apparently. Um, though I don't know what the protocol is on uh, how good you are at, at shooting if you don't remember that you're a special forces officer. If you still remember your training, I guess as you know, she starts to go through the scene uh, through the rest of the movie, Alice starts to remember that she's really good at this shit. <sighs> so Ultraviolet was just directed by the same person who did Equilibrium. Okay. My 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 mistake. Sorry for the uh, false alarm. That's. I think that's why we we thought like for some reason Equilibrium was coming up in mind. Ultraviolet. I would have put money on my being right about that, but yeah, that's okay. That's okay. I was thinking. I was also thinking that Uwe Boll was involved, but um, that whole sentence is a horror movie in and of itself. Uwe Boll was involved. <laughs> At least that movie looked pretty good. Um, at least, I mean, the, uh, Mia Jovovich parts of it. One of the characters in Resident Evil Apocalypse is the star of Uva Bowl's Postal. So there you go. Ugh. I'm full of terrible factoids. We should probably move on. <laughs> <laughs> we nice. should do just a podcast about that. Matt, Matt unlocks his handcuffs while more effectively kicking zombies than everyone else is shooting them. Yeah, Kaplan cannot get the fucking door open the scene is set up like oh if only Matt can get these handcuffs off he'll be fine i'm really not sure how it's going to materially improve his situation yeah Yeah. i he's the only uh, one managing to be survivable at this point like jd jd is taking out zombies strategy but uh kaplan is so bad at opening doors that jd has to do that for him um like and so JD starts punching the code in the door while Kaplan is uh, is shooting people because I guess Kaplan has to survive. I'm not sure why we were supposed to be attached to Kaplan, but this movie seems to expect that we will be. Kaplan has to survive so he can accomplish nothing the entire plot. Yeah, I mean, well, technically JD is like yelling the code to Kaplan while shooting, um, which is like... And I, I love that um, Amnesia husband, uh, Spence, not not uh, identified yet as Spence, but he's just standing there and he's like, wow, you suck. He's so <laughs> chill about it. He's freakishly chill. Uh, also, I do love that earlier with the first zombie, Michelle Rodriguez shoots at this lady with a submachine gun and this lady goes flying easily 10 feet into the air <laughs> yeah 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 they had she one set wire stunt for this whole set and they were just like let's use it here um, <laughs> also, well you have this intense them shooting and failing to kill zombies i cannot emphasize enough how new metal the new metal playing <laughs> over all of this is yeah i mean it is it is new metal without the obnoxious lyrics so that's nice yeah they, there is they are no... click, clicking and booming um yeah. so so jd open finally opens the zombie storage closet yes uh, he punches in the code and opens the zombie storage closet 
And guess what? There's zombies in there. And he gets pulled in uh, and immediately, uh, seemingly eaten by a crowd of zombies. Um, and oh, look, it's a bad CGI monster. None of them see the bad CGI monster at this point. And he's just there for our benefit because won't we all really just love to see this CGI monster? Yeah. It's the real horror of this movie. Someone getting just totally ripped apart, eaten by a zombie horde. It always strikes me as like one of the worst steps, but by now I feel like I've seen it so many times, like I'm bizarrely ranking it. <laughs> like I'm just hearing JD screams and I'm like, mm, I don't believe you're really being eaten alive by multiple humans. Yeah, I'm not seeing I any tearing of flesh. Elevator. I saw that dude in the elevator in Walking Dead. He was way more getting eaten alive than you are. Yeah, dude, Shaun of the Dead had guts coming out. Like, come on. Come on. <laughs> yeah um so the every, everybody gets split up because of course that's what you uh, that's what your party does in a, a story like this is they split up and go different directions um and alice uh wanders into the uh, empty dog cage hallway and it's zombie dog time this the is... umbrella kennel <laughs> yeah yeah again i cannot emphasize enough hey let's take one of the most famous jump scares in all of gaming and what if instead it just casually trotted around the corner? <laughs> this is, Dream- a- this with, is the with- best bad scene of this movie. <laughs> These do- like it had to have the dogs to be a Resident Evil movie, but holy shit. Dogs draped in cheesecloth with raspberry jam smeared yeah. on it. So Apparently. This is- they put a bunch of fake blood and like meat on these dogs and the dogs kept eating it so <laughs> because of course they would their strategy because they just found the fucking friendliest dogs to play these zombie dogs i know these dogs look so <laughs> friendly get footage of these dogs being good boys and girls and eating their meat suits oh man yeah, this oh. dog slowly wanders into the hallway and looks at her <laughs> Um, as if it is they probably long tried to, be to make that scary and the dog just couldn't do it the dog's like I'm just a big old friendly boy can't not be big old and friendly Ooh, if they were gonna CGI anything it should have been this fucking dog <laughs> um, they do eventually uh, Jeremy you say that do you not remember the CGI literally one scene ago <laughs> I do look these dogs are not good but if it's a choice between this and that i'm picking the meat suits and the jelly (laughs) so this is the point in the film where instead of new metal we have the worst remix (laughs) that occur of nine inch nails in existence and nothing against my boy my boy jim thorowell who uh, also did the venture brothers and a bunch of other crazy shit but this is off okay so this is a remix off of the fixed ep which came out in 1993 um which is the the remix itself is barely music they're screaming and then like loops for a while i still recognized it immediately when i heard it when i saw the movie in the theater um now i before this song comes on, I was watching it on my Amazon Prime, and I paused it. <laughs> okay, 
flex on us non-primies. Sorry, I've... This is the only I, I do have Amazon Prime. Have... I just wanted to give you a hard time. Okay, I cool. Too. I mean, I, I just had to figure is... out how to play. I my just DVD really like the computer. tone you put on it. Was like the like the bourgeoisie pinky out. Like Amazon well, Prime. I, I, I skipped on over to my Amazon Prime subscription <laughs> to, um, to stream the content, as it were. Look, it's not like I I don't have Hulu. All right. Um, <laughs> But anyway, <laughs> get a friend drunk and steal their password like the rest of us. I no comment, but um, I have. So when I paused it in the x-ray, I saw that on, on the x-ray, it had all of the actors that were not on the screen because only Mia Jovovich were on the screen. And then they had the song. Now, the song, this particular remix is a remix of Wish, which is a song of Broken you know, remix on fixed because <laughs> see what they did there. The remix is called fist fuck. And it was just bananas to pause this movie and then see on the x-ray <laughs> the words fist fuck. And I, and it wasn't even playing yet. And I remembered it was in the movie, but I was like, okay, so I know that we don't have a lot of um, LGBTQ, <laughs> et cetera, representation in this movie, <laughs> but Emily posted this picture on on Twitter, I think, without explanation. And my first inflation was, maybe that's the dog's name? <laughs> I sure hope not. But it has uh, it has nice it's dog named Fist Fuck ever. But it's pretty <laughs> fucking it's a pretty fucking banana scene. Yeah. There is a an apron uh out there on um Cafe Press that says Fist Fuck the Cook. So um which is a, a result of this particular IP. I got the scene starts with like a a lone zombie attacks Mila Jovovich. She gets memory flashes, remembers that she knows Kung Fu, and then goes full fucking fist of the North Star on this zombie. <laughs> I've never <laughs> seen someone karate a zombie. It blew my mind. She does, she does like jump round kick this fucking zombie dog. That foot bounces off two that fucking dog's walls face. like Jackie Chan to kick a fucking dog. Yeah, like she straight up like parkours up the, the wall. <laughs> it, oh, the, the sound. It is such a, a heavy, squishy sound. Yep. She is. I was laughing so hard. I could like I had to pause the movie. Yeah, there's so much ceremony scene. Like almost as much as the laser scene. Well, and um, there's some the, decent audio in this movie from time to time between the the big bullets and the gun like uh rain found the special armor somewhere in the lab and loaded it into her gun and then you get this kick to the dog that's just uh, like whack this movie should have gotten an oscar for sound <laughs> editing uh, just this for Mila jovovich face roundhouse kicking a jelly dog in the face what 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 wilds me out about this scene is it's clearly like the biggest like action scene for them in the movie and basically it consists of like she's running from the dog and she decides to go through a door 
and she gets on the other side and the dog barks at the window and then like she gets attacked by the zombie fights the zombie the dog charges through the window she kicks the dog and then runs back out the door <laughs> to this section like that's the the whole like thing is like she runs in and then the dog jumps in after her and then she just goes full fucking kung fu and then is like, I'm just going to go back out the way I can. This was the scene they had to put it in to convince Capcom. Like, no, it's a Resident Evil movie. See, this is the only scene we're going to show you. Just fucking green light it and sign the checks. We're fine. And yeah, like Resident Evil, a game that is notorious for your ability to jump. Yeah. This was like, look, it's the jump. It's the <laughs> it's a zombie. This is definitely the scene they had to do to like, make it Resident Evil-y, and then Paul W.S. was like, fucking, I don't know, just look, we're gonna film it, and we'll figure out where to put it somewhere in the editing. Like, you know what you can't just do in all of somewhere. Resident Evil? In every Release Resident the Evil tank game. control cut. Yeah. <laughs> in all Resident Evil games, the two things you can't do are jump and kick. <laughs> and, <laughs> and those are the fucking defining features of this character. I'm pretty sure you can kick in Resident Evil 4, but only so long as it's a super over-the-top quick time event. You also can't uh, walk beneath police tape. That's a big no-no in Resident <laughs> Evil games. We didn't even get there in this movie. Oh, no, don't go in the uh, tall grass. Well, I gotta say, the boldness and the audacity with which this movie teases its sequel... And yet, jokes on us, this fucking film got five sequels. <laughs> I will say, I know we talked a lot about Naruto, but this movie does have another thing involved, or another connection with uh, Naruto in that it does flashback to earlier in the movie, maybe like 10 minutes earlier, um, to uh, one saying some shit about what, that Mia Jovovich is, a, is like a soldier or whatever. So we can like have an explanation of why she can suddenly kung fu a dog. Um, I mean, it's already been established that these zombies are very, very weak to kicking type attacks. Um, uh, God. So. I'm expecting I a fucking Hitmonlee in here, were they? Yeah, well, I, well they're dark type. <laughs> I love flashbacks to a scene already in the movie because every time it just makes me think like, ah, yes, I too was watching the movie. <laughs> Thanks, movie. Uh, I had forgotten I, that that happened. Especially I, when it's not like mystery, like, oh, here are all the little clues that you didn't realize were clues, but now we're piecing it together. The full on, it's like, I'm going to say an inspiring thing. And then 10 minutes later, you're going to flash back to me saying that inspiring thing. And we're all going to remember when I told you that inspiring thing. It's like, and what, thanks, Uncle Ben. You can go back to dying now. What we really, really needed was a flashback that explained who all the white boys were. <laughs> so we had any sort of context to tell them apart. We're, we're flashing over to Matt now. Matt is wondering. Why? Why? <laughs> Matt has, decided, Matt has made the most Matt decision and is wandering around the office part of this evil lab. <laughs> Everybody else so, is like going to the lab parts and he's like, you know, some desks over here. I wonder what that's all about. I'm going to do paperwork while everyone else is kicking zombies. I'm going to do paperwork. And so for some, okay, for some reason during the scene, there is the most infuriating desk photo of a man being cropped out of a picture of his own child <laughs> that I don't know like it just made 
Brett and me un like I don't unreasonably angry. <laughs> we were just like that photo is so bad. That's why that's how boring Matt is. <laughs> so we were more engaged in this shitty photo. Um, but then But then Matt is attacked by his sister. This is the most we've learned about Matt this entire movie. The guy that does Matt. have his memory. Um, <laughs> he's attacked by his sister, Lisa. Of course, Matt's sister's name is Lisa. Um, it's my uh, sister's name. <laughs> who apparently Matt wanted to infiltrate Umbrella, no. but having being working for the government, uh, I guess the FBI, it's a little unclear. Uh, he was like, oh, they'll make me. I have to get my sister to infiltrate Umbrella for me. Which maybe it's not like just the FBI Maybe everyone in this world is just really fucking stupid and terrible at their jobs. I know who we, who can we have? Well, we certainly can't have anyone at the FBI go undercover. I know my untrained baby sister. This is, this is clearly, uh, he, he was clearly part of the liaison that was working with Brian O'Connor in the FBI. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Matt is attacked oh, by so was a zombie, of course. And Lisa is about Sorry. to eat him when Alice shows up from the other scene um, to to kill Lisa. Um, and Alice is like, I'm really having trouble with this memory thing, but I think I knew your sister and she was the one, or I was the one talking to her about this thing that I don't know anything about. That is all I remember. I don't remember any details about this other than that apparently I was going to betray somebody about something. Mm. <laughs> Mila Jovovich recovers her memories in a way that's very plot convenient and time to ensure maximum drama. I mean, if you're going to write it in a movie like this, might as well. <laughs> um, the- Anytime this movie needs a twist, Mila re- remembers some more shit. I mean, yeah, she's the MacGuffin. It's always like, it's like, oh, Maybe I did betray your sister. Hmm. Wait, no, Somebody remember some something. more stuff. I didn't. <laughs> um, there, there is a, a quick brief glimpse of a possibility of shipping here, but um, <laughs> alas, uh, Lisa is killed too quickly by the acrylic paperweight. I'm surprised that uh, she was not kicked, but you know. <laughs> You can't kill anybody. And, you, know, you can't kill any two people the same way in this movie. That's the rule. That's yes. She kills her with the crystal Pepsi Tesseract. <laughs> <laughs> now that's a MacGuffin I want in a film. The MacGuffin. Can you imagine Tesseract all these the McGuire Spider-Man series? It would have been the Crystal Pepsi Tesseract. It's crazy <laughs> that we've had all these fucking Tesseract for a new generation, <laughs> and not a single one where Crystal Pepsi is the MacGuffin. <laughs> I think Crystal Pepsi has actually been a MacGuffin in some movie or another, but I can't remember. Where is the Sounds almost right. famous coming-of-age film? about the kid who gets a job at the club and he needs to run around town to get a crystal Pepsi for like the vain rock star who's like, it's in his rider that he gets crystal Pepsi. <laughs> I'm pr- I Come on, Cameron Crowe. That's, that's like accessing some sort of re- repressed Mia Jovovich memory in my mind. So maybe, you know, maybe I wrote that movie and then the, the it was too powerful. So 
it's a powerful movie <laughs> but yeah so that yeah her mia jovovich is uh or alice whatever mia jovovich um her memory loss again very cinematic very convenient for plot not convenient for lisa because it's not until later that again she realizes that there's a cure so yeah lisa did have to die. Uh, i i see you shipping alice and well, lisa here uh which i think might might have something to do with the way that these flashbacks are shot and how much paul ws anderson just wants to crop everything but her lips like yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wants, she just really just wants to focus on alice's lips in this scene it's like, like 2001 Space Odyssey. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> the mouth reading. What was going on on that this. set is not subtle. <laughs> um, well, and I this is the only time that you will hear this movie compared to 2001 Space Odyssey. I do think that the way the cure works is that it only works if you get it like. As, as as soon as possible like after you're infected because yeah. it does okay. seem like once you're a zombie like you can't it can't bring you back from like full zombiness i think it's okay. definitely a time time sensitive thing i mean we find that out later in the movie but certainly people that are too far gone are just that at some point right like no this, go ahead uh, i was gonna say this fucking t-virus fucking up my ships <laughs> Yeah, so this is the point where they don't want to explain how Alice and Matt get back to everybody else when they couldn't get around before, so they just cut to a map. Just, just don't worry about it. Just, <laughs> and we see the heat signatures of Alice and Matt running towards all the other heat signatures because, I don't know. <laughs> it's like a man CGI map. screen. <laughs> right. Oh my god, Lawnmower Man. Or Lawnmower Man 2, Beyond Cyberspace. Lawnmower Man actor, what was his name, Job in that movie? I was watching Wu Assassins last night and he showed up. I was like, Fucking ah! Jeff Fahey? Jeff yeah. Fahey? Yeah. Jeff Fahey. Fucking Jeff Fahey! Fucking Frank Lapidus from Lost. Old Blue Eyes. God. Also starring Michelle Rodriguez, but not at the same time because they killed her off after she had a DUI. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh no. Man. That happened. And this is the point where um, they just uh, they they learn that the blast door seal after an hour. Uh, I guess after they come in or after the the reset, it's unclear an hour after what. Um, but once they once the blast door is sealed, if they're not out by then, they can't get out. Uh, which again, I don't know where that fucking security procedure came from, <laughs> but it's dumb. Um, Wait, let's make sure the zombies have an hour to infest everything before we lock down. I thought everything was off. Well, everything everything rebooted, and they took out okay. uh, the Red Queen's board, which is pertinent now because Alice is like, "What if?" <laughs> Follow me here. What if? <laughs> we rebooted the only uh, thing that knows what's going on here. Um, which is the perfect lead into the scene Ben wanted where they actually do something else with that laser hallway. Because they could just activate the Red Queen and then just like let the zombies just come on down the laser hallway. Because apparently the Red Queen is, again, has had time as an AI and is the only one who has seen a zombie movie. And, and I correctly identifies how thought... to kill zombies. I thought for sure it was going to be like Alice is cornered. 
like a whole bunch, like an overwhelming amount of zombies is just barreling down this narrow hallway after her. And then right when they're like inches away, like waffle lasers (laughs) just are like mowing them all down. Like I thought like that has to be a scene, like something like that has to be coming. Like if the lasers are the threat in the beginning of the movie, it has to be a helpful thing at the end. It's Chekhov's laser hallway. And Maybe Paul the lasers were EMP. Fuck Chekhov. What does he know about storytelling? Yeah, for real well, though. From what I understand, Maybe. I think the I think the lasers come back in the sixth movie. So it just so it does pay off. I just have to get through five more really bad movies for it to pay off. Nope. <laughs> nope. 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 Because apparently in the sixth movie they return to this location. Because guys, isn't this just such a movie worthy of nostalgia? <laughs> I fucking hate it. I mean, okay. I love it, but it's so bad. I yeah. I love it, but holy shit, is it bad? So they yeah. put the PS2 back in the computer because <laughs> the files are in the computer. And and the Red Queen explains what zombies are to them and how they work. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then they go into the sewers, and there's zombies in the sewers as well. Um, and JD comes back and bites Rain who has already been bitten I will remind you <laughs> she gets bitten again like Rain is just it's it's less a less a like problem and more of a kink at this point <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure she'll get bitten and or scratched again before this is over this whole scene more new metal yeah oh yeah don't worry not scary we've got new metal yeah uh, i i have to say go ahead i was gonna say and kaplan is somehow still alive and there's no explanation for why or how he's just still there that describes a lot of the movie i kaplan is still alive somehow and i don't know why he's there yeah and like he gets injured and he's, he's bit or scratched or something and like he's stuck on a pipe and they can't get to him and he's like go on leave me I got one bullet left and I'm gonna kill myself and um, they're all like no okay I guess <laughs> <laughs> they're all really attached to Kaplan who at this point nobody that's left has even met before today yeah <laughs> I that was I was thinking I was like okay you have just met these people Myla on the other hand these are the only people you've ever met in your entire existence (laughs) as far as you remember so and here's the thing is that this would have been a fine death for for white boy hacker and it could have also been a fine death for like I thought that um when I first saw this I thought that rain was going to go out in this blaze of glory and she's like well I'm infected I know about the zombies now because the computer told me and the computers never lie so let's go and then you know but then they're like oh nope everyone gets out i guess nobody in this movie gets to make a heroic sacrifice yeah rain makes it to the next scene before she's like why don't i go down in a blaze of glory and alice is like wait i'm just remembering there's a cure for this (laughs) <laughs> just, yeah, there is a and, different and, color vial 
And that vial, I think, is a cure. What are those convenient memory recoveries? And they do show a rabbit, but they don't show a zombie rabbit. Mm. Well, no, because it got the cure. It was unzombie. It was, yeah, it was an unzombified rabbit. Now, I'm... Yeah, everyone's... Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, I'm... I'm, um... I'm pretty impressed with everybody. Maybe it's just because they're exhausted that they're not pissed off that they're like, she's like, oh, there's a cure. And they're like, what the actual fuck though? You turn the computer back on, all these zombies are after us. And now you're telling us there's a cure and we didn't have to like fucking die or whatever. Like, I don't know. Like, it's just so ridiculous. Although there's a, there's a point here when they're escaping the zombies when one of the one of the characters say get over here so um <laughs> nice yeah uh so that was a good callback if we had callbacks to the actual game resident evil you know <laughs> that would have been a cool too i just but. think like all the depths in this movie you know uh colin salmon in the laser hallway uh, Rain eventually just turns into a zombie. Uh, Kaplan just gets ripped out by the liquor. Like they're all bad and kind of like plot pointless deaths. And we all know going into a movie like this that there's going to be some of these deaths, and some of these characters are just going to die terrible deaths at like accomplishing nothing. So for some of these characters, some of the only real satisfaction you can get and Yes, it's cliche to expect it, but it's satisfying because it works, is that at least one of these characters will get to have some sort of heroic sacrifice, will get to make meaning out of this tragedy, will get to go out in like a blaze of glory. And it is a certain amount of, I think, narrative catharsis in a story like this. And it's a catharsis that then and a, like a catharsis and a celebration of these characters we've watched go through this. And the sh I think the movie does kind of lose that by not letting any of the, the characters make that sacrifice and just all have very just bad, meaningless deaths in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, there's nothing, there, when, the, when the death happens, it just feels so out of place. You know, it, it feels like that every every death for every character feels incomplete, no matter what, no matter where it is in the movie. Um, yeah, instead of going down in a blaze of glory, they have to be like Julienned by lasers. Um. Yeah. <laughs> or just, it's like, did we need to bring Michelle? We're like, did we need to see Michelle Rodriguez suffer? No. And be in horrible pain for the whole movie? Just so she could turn at the very end and then just unceremoniously get a bullet in the head. I I at least wanted her to be like, okay, I'm a zombie now, and then attack the other zombies. Like I thought that would have been cool, at least for her. Yeah. Also, since yeah, literally like, the only thing she asks of anybody is, don't let me fucking turn into a zombie. Yeah. Once again, everyone is awful at their jobs in this movie. Yeah. Everyone. Rain, Rain wants two things: to not be a zombie and to get laid. Everyone has one job and they all fail at it. <laughs> Rain tries to survive. Rain tries well, so in this, hard. Like, the next scene, I mean, they all uh, 
they go looking for the virus and the antivirus and they get shut in a, a room where the antivirus and virus are supposed to be. Um, and they're not there, which is when Spence has his turn to remember a, a plot convenient thing, which is that he stole the antivirus and also that he's British. Spence <laughs> remembers that he's the bad guy. His stupid fucking accent kicks in because like, this is it the does. first time he said more than three words in a row. And suddenly, uh, suddenly he's British. Five. He remembered that he was British. Holy shit, I didn't notice that. So <laughs> I also want to, to be nitpicky here um, since that's what I'm doing. And um, so the, earlier the, t- the computer said this virus is protean. It can, be, it can be spread from the air, from the person, from the blood, from the face. I don't know. So they're like, okay, we're going to go into this room where the virus for, was, and it is full of water. No problem. <laughs> like, highly contagious <clears throat> virus. Ambiguous <clears throat> fluid. Cool. <laughs> but, you know, whatever. I think this movie might be not good. <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> now now <laughs> well, this movie does know one thing it's when you betray somebody in a zombie movie you immediately get bitten which is what happens to spence here he's barely finished his villainous monologue before he gets bitten and then he's like you know what i know how to get out of here i'm just gonna shoot the locking mechanism and run away and the red queen is like ah well i'm gonna take care of him and uh then delivers the other best light in the movie which is the Red Queen saying, I've been a bad, bad girl. It's like, why does, the, my eyes more than Michelle why does the AI right have more, more like memorable lines than anybody I else? I don't know, but I'm still trying to game out the situation where, well, I released a super-powered zombie monster, and this should all end with the zombie monsters being contained. <laughs> I, the Red Queen, have thought this plan through perfectly. There are no flaws. Yeah, but then Gotta this movie wouldn't people and tell nobody why. <laughs> but then this movie wouldn't have another opportunity to get one of its enemy characters so completely incorrect that Red Queen explains that the liquors then turn into a hunter. This creature, the way it mutates, is in no way a representation of the hunters from Resident Evil. It just I'm still trying to figure out. It just needs to kill one guy, and then it Pokemon evolves. It's just yes. It's just a bigger version of itself. It's if it's a hunter, it's supposed to turn into this like green uh, Hitmonchan looking thing <laughs> with lizard skin, and it doesn't, and it makes me angry. This <sighs> movie could not afford lizard skin. <laughs> Wait, it turns. It gets boxing gloves. <laughs> I wish it got right. boxing gloves. It get, it's like it turns into this like hunched, scaly green like big toothed mod creature. I gotta imagine. I was literally imagining a bipedal Komodo dragon with boxing gloves and boxing shorts. Think of, of like the creature from the Black Lagoon with scoliosis <laughs> is what we should have gotten. Right. Yeah. No, I, I remember that from the game. So no, I I have I do have questions about the the plot of the game because I don't I haven't played the like I said. Um, I'm a member of Stars. Uh-huh. I don't even know what Stars is, but stars. I'm a member of it. Stars 
is a special Delta Force <laughs> of like if Cleveland police had their own Delta Force, <laughs> that would be stars. Okay. There's deal with like, hey, I some people are disappearing near this creepy mansion. I don't fucking know. Let's just send stars and their multiple helicopters teams to like check out a missing persons case stars is the lost division of shield it's ah the special tactical and rescue squadron stars is the end result of an over militarization of police in america (laughs) that is the allegorical uh lesson that we need to learn from the original resident evil (laughs) (laughs) because the because the games do have some lessons unlike the movie the movies i'm trying to figure out what the theme of the movie is beyond hey i really want to marry mila jovovich and you can kick a zombie also please let us make another one preferably five more (laughs) um at this point the red queen decides it can't let them out as long as rain is alive because rain is infected and they didn't in fact find an antivirus um at which point our one checkoff thing that does pan out pans out, which is uh, the fucking Kaplan shows back up again, and it turns out that he had the Chekhov's off switch for <laughs> Red Queen. Um, oh, I thought it was going to be Chekhov's white boy. I mean, <laughs> he introduced a white boy in Act 1, and he finally comes in handy in Act 3. We, we introduced several white, white boys. boys. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah which is has- the lucky one. He's just been carrying around the emergency off switch, which he hasn't used. Um, but then uh, it's it's time for all of our guys to be chased by the bad CGI hunter creature, the the <laughs> liquor creature. Um, it's more of a hard liquor. Yeah. Oh, hey, oh. Bye. I'm. I'll see you guys later. I really liked that, by the way. Thank. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, they they find Zombie Spence at the train. He has been uh, licked up. <laughs> he's, he's really gotten licked <laughs> by this creature. He yeah, he found the antivirus, but it, there is no antivirus for getting killed. Um, <laughs> he, the liquor licked him with its teeth. He did yeah. not have any continues left. He was out of guys. He was out of green herb. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's why there were so many white guys. They were <laughs> all the extra herb. lives. I like the idea of just this hive mind of white guys they slowly get taken out one by one. <laughs> and they were all then the it's just guys. the last white and then the end it's just the last white guy left to contemplate his own individuality free of <laughs> free of codependent masculinity. <laughs> <laughs> so they're back at the train. Everybody else gets on the train. Rain, Alice, Kaplan, Matt, they all survived. They're doing great. They're on the train now. Rain is not feeling good, and she begs Alice for one thing. She says, one thing. If I start to turn into one of those things, I want you to fucking kill me before I start to change. Rain and Kaplan both get shots of the antivirus. Rain passes out. They, they, they start to imply that she's dead, but it turns out to be a fake out. She's okay. And, and this is where Mia Jovovich says, oh, I could kiss you, you bitch. And that sets up the other ship that is too powerful for this world. Yes. <laughs> Michelle Rodriguez and Mia Jovovich is a That's ship. a 
Oh, that's a powerful couple. That mm-hmm. would have imploded and would have unmade the world of so powerful. Like the Large Hadron Collider, we would have discovered the Higgs boson, achieved light speed with this ship. But this movie took it away from us, and therefore we are stuck on this planet for the rest of our existence. I call that ship Gun Kick. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, I like that. Instead, we just have so many more movies of her and Vin Diesel. Sony, hey Sony, Gun <laughs> yeah, Kick. Gun Kick. Um, yeah, that just sounds like a fucking like Hong Kong cop movie about a police officer who fires guns with his feet by the kicking f- the bullets feet guns you got feet guns you got handguns got that's, mouth that's guns the missing clone of x23 <laughs> however bayonetta works wait a minute mia jovovich michelle rodriguez the dirty pair oh yeah yeah i can see that <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think we just put this wide open <clears throat> well there's our million dollars sorted um tm 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 <laughs> copyright you can tm dirty pair <laughs> i mean that to, to the rights i'm sure that the company whatever company that did the the <laughs> american release we, of that is completely de- defunct right now we trademark the we trademark the patent on the fan cast of Mila Jovovich and Michelle Rodriguez as Dirty Pair circa 20 years ago. We'll do it with CGI. Or no, whatever. We can do it now. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, we could do it now. So, but anyway, the, this, this ship does not leave the harbor. Yeah, unfortunately, it's the early 2000s and nothing is more powerful than bad CGI. Um, <laughs> because the, the liquor is back and it is going to scratch Matt eat Kaplan. Uh, Rain is going to die anyway and turn into a zombie, um, which is the one thing she asked not to happen. Um, <laughs> ending the only relationship with any chemistry. Um, <laughs> she doesn't get laid and she gets turned into a zombie. Michelle, you deserved better. Let's pour one out. Uh, pour uh, one out no for one, Rain. No one in this movie gets what they want. Uh, including the liquor who dies of bad CGI. Um, on the train tracks, Matt is beginning yeah, that's to change. Photoshop that's fire. That's having a bad time. The lab coats sweep in. I guess they're just hanging out at the. I guess they're the one ones experiencing Resident Evil One right now because they're just hanging out at at the the cool mansion that we didn't get to hang out at. The lab coats steal Matt. Uh, they say something about the Nemesis program. Alice is knocked out and quarantined and wakes up in Raccoon City. Why did they name the city Raccoon City? Like it's just. The weirdest thing from the game. Tanuki I thing? mean, I know it's from the game, but why Raccoon City? Who would possibly name a city Raccoon City? <laughs> Did I mean, you not grow up near the town of Opossum Creek. If there is one thing that American cities have, though, it's raccoons. I wish we had more cities. Like, there's Gotham City. Like, I wish we had more cities that just ended with the word city. <laughs> like, we don't call it like San Francisco City. It is the city, though. Or, or you is know, it? Go, sticking with That's it, DC Universe theme, just naming they cities different words the for city, yeah. like metropolis. Collection of houses. <laughs> Neighborhood. Neighborhood. Neighborhood New York. Um, so 
Mia Jovovich, uh, oh, Jason Isaacs shows up for a second. Uh, you see his eyeballs. He does. He cameos. <laughs> He's like Kate Blanchett in uh, Hot Fuzz. Hell yeah. <laughs> it's exactly like that. Yeah. Um, so Jer- Jeremy, evidently, uh, it's called Raccoon City because Raccoon City started out as a small rural town built on the edge of Raccoon Forest. So they, why did they how many raccoons does this forest have a whole a whole forest full of all them. forests have Crazy. raccoons but this forest must have been like holy shit guys there's just there's fucking infested with the fuckers that's a good point like we have you know bear creek and eagle valley and like you know we have a lot of places that are named after the animals that dwell in them why not raccoon place why not rat hole you know it's just because bears I mean, and eagles are strong and majestic, and raccoons are little trash goblins. <laughs> I mean, so, so are people. I would, I would live abs- after them. I would live in the town of Trash Goblinsburg. <laughs> Capcom was just trying to get raccoons their time to shine. Yeah. No, I mean, do you even get to shoot any zombie raccoons? I don't. <laughs> I don't he so. at least get to go to the high school and shoot the zombie raccoon mascot. <laughs> uh, Five Nights at Freddy's. Oh, the old raccoon city tanukis. <laughs> <laughs> they have to be anatomically correct, though. Do they? <clears throat> oh, no. Um, now, not, now I, we're not uh, quite done because this movie ends the same way it begins. With Mia Jovovich naked and scared and not knowing where she is. <laughs> um, so we're already starting Resident the Evil Apocalypse two. again. This time she's on a lab table. And uh, I guess she's been asleep for 28 days because <laughs> she, walks, <laughs> she walks out and the, the fucking city is, is overtaken by, I guess, zombies that have already moved on because there are no zombies in this scene. <laughs> But open inside. Some somewhere like her and and Rick and Killian Murphy missing each other. Killian Murphy. Yeah, they're just they're just missing each other coming out of various hospitals. The utter <laughs> the sheer audacity that this movie lays out the sequel that it then absolutely gets. I, like so many movies go big with like oh yeah we're gonna tease a sequel this is gonna be a franchise and despite being of the quality that does not get franchises somehow these movies just kept making money Mia Jovovich is powerful yeah Yeah. it was the Jovovich she was the X Factor now there was an alternate ending to this movie filmed which uh, is on my DVD yes I have a DVD of this movie um, which uh, is basically just ultraviolet instead, um, where she she has survived this and I guess has been on a rampage against Umbrella uh, for a while, and it's of her like walking into um, Umbrella headquarters uh, and uh, I guess demanding to see the manager and pointing a big gun at them, <laughs> and I guess the gun. Uh, Paul W. Sanderson describes it as the gun is supposed to shoot rockets that then break up into other rockets and shoot all the guys. Um, but I mean, it's that just like, fucking it's amazing. It's just basically like she shoots a weapon and it might as well put the like special effect missing like thing right there because 
that's just how it ends is her pointing a, a gun at them a gun that shoots rockets that shoot other rockets and they shoot bullets and then they shoot fire so what i've learned is that paul ws anderson needs to direct a ratchet and clank movie yeah <laughs> no but yeah yeah i mean that then we would just be um flirting with the possibility that it would have, have absolutely nothing to do with ratchet and clank but who's who does mila jovovich play <laughs> There's a new Wombat in the new game coming out. We can, <laughs> we can work that in. I mean, she seems Honestly. like a ratchet to me, right? That's rude. That's rude. Right? I don't know which one's which. Oh, you know He's what? I'm thinking robot. of Freeman. Mike's got to be the robot. Okay. Here's the, look, here's the, the real deal. She plays Kazooie in the live action Pajo Kazooie. She's the <laughs> okay. real bear. Is Michelle Rodriguez with an actual bear? I think no. Michelle Michelle... Rodriguez is banjo. Okay, okay, okay. The bear is that problematic? I don't know. I've never never played banjo kazooie. I don't know. I was going for more of a butch femme like dynamic between them, but I don't know. I might be. I'm. I might be veering into problematic territory. So how about I just veer the fuck away from that? (laughs) How about we veer into discussing the problems with this movie um, and, and talk about their, our progressive politics section here. So, guys, what does this movie this have movie to talks say about, about mental nothing. health and disability? Nothing. <laughs> nothing at all. Nothing. Next guys, question. What nothing. Does movie have Next to say one, about also nothing. <laughs> Dick all. <laughs> it kills all the non-white characters. Some of them incredibly unceremoniously um okay so let's okay from the top mental illness nothing um amnesia guess amnesia is uh amnesia's plot convenient amnesia's plot convenient squaresoft syndrome okay that not not good okay um squaresoft syndrome (laughs) uh i love that i didn't make it up sadly but i don't remember who did some from it was from college um well i appreciate you not stealing a joke that you easily could have that's big of you thank you flex well thank you um so characters of color we have colin salmon uh playing one um <laughs> a character so memorable they gave him a number um, he plays he plays the the bald leader guy yep uh he he is there to deliver some he exposition dies. and die unceremoniously uh, get get waffle cut. Um, to be fair, he does get the best death of the whole movie. Yeah, I mean that's because all the, the other deaths are horrible. Also, the first death in this movie is a woman of color who is unnamed, but is um, killed unceremoniously by the elevator. Oh, that's true. They're all in the credits yeah. as her name uh, is Miss Bl- Miss Black. Yes. Are you kidding me? No, Indra Indra Ove plays Miss Black. There's also Dr. Green, Dr. Blue, Dr. Brown, and Dr. Gray. What the and fuck? <laughs> Ms. White? Clue. No, I'm sorry, Mr. White and Ms. Gold. Okay, so this is Clue. Yeah, pretty much. Or so they're playing Clue. Reservoir Dogs. Or Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> or I like that one better. Clue and Reservoir Dogs, basically the same story. Yeah, so, and then of course we have Michelle Rodriguez who uh, is there to, to grumble and do tough girl shit for the whole movie and then die horribly and unceremoniously the one way that she said she didn't want to die. Michelle Rodriguez plays the one character Michelle Rodriguez plays in every time. 
she's great at playing it. She's always fantastic playing that role. But yeah, she spends the whole movie suffering, then dies horribly. Super feminist, but we have an asymmetrical dress, but it doesn't have pockets. And we do get to see Mia Jovovich's boob like in profile. I mean, basically get to see Mia Jovovich's vagina in that last scene where she's just scooting around the floor naked. Yeah, I mean, we see some bush, but like, you know, we don't get to see like... You gotta leave something for the sequel, right? At any point, point he was explaining what he was going for and she was just like, yeah, dude, I was in Fifth Element. I fucking got this. No worries. (laughs) You have three bungee cords I can wear. Um, Uh, Is this movie feminist? No. No. It's so 90s, early 2000s, like loudly... Yes, we're feminist, but that means that we have like girls who kick. Um, <laughs> like, we're so feminist. Our one girl kicks, and our other girl can shoot a gun. Um, it's not she feminist. wants to get laid. It does have strong female characters. Trademark. <laughs> oh God! It yeah. did also launch a female-led franchise for for whatever is that that is worth. Uh, Bronwyn pointed out that it also passes the Bechdel test when we were watching it. That there are conversations that does. women have that are they're not talking about men; they're speaking with each other about other things. So that was something that I wrote down. That's a fair point. Um, yeah, and it I does do pass the Bechdel test. Kudos, Resident Evil two thousand two. <laughs> I mean, and also, and oh, Fast and the Furious in that respect. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we established that Fast and the Furious has like the Dominic Toretto Bechdel test of are there ever two non-Dominic Toretto characters on screen, <laughs> and do they talk about something that's not Dominic Toretto? Cars. <laughs> Dominic Toretto is a car. Um, <laughs> they're usually talking that about how Dominic Toretto is the best at blood cars. is Nos, and his brain is an engine. Have we not established? I'll tell you what movie doesn't pass the Bechdel test. Too Fast, Too Furious. <laughs> I haven't a watched movie, it yet. I watched that and this movie back to back. Anyone who says the 2000s doesn't have a distinct style and feel, fuck off. I have seen the face of the two early 2000s and it stared back into my soul. <laughs> I heard it. Um, it sounded like new metal. God. <laughs> it sounded like Hoobastank. Guys, there was a band called Hoobastank. Why? Why? <laughs> How were they not on this soundtrack? Thank you know, Christ for Napster, though. Them. Holy shit. <laughs> um, so uh, are any of the female characters fully realized round characters? No, they are not. Uh, to be fair, none of the characters, characters are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was in my notes too. <laughs> I mean, honestly, yes. other than having to wear uh, a dress and being mostly naked for you know, or being mostly naked for good chunks of the movie, otherwise it treats the men and the women pretty much the same. <laughs> That's yeah. true. No sexual assault. Uh, no overt. No sex. No like sexist comments. Yeah, it does beat Aliens in that uh, in that respect. They have, yeah. you know. <laughs> they don't have people, you know, sexually harassing the uh, tough girl throughout the movie. <laughs> That's a plus. <clears throat> yeah. I enjoyed that. We've made progress between 1980 and 2002. 
how about how about the LGBT representation in this movie, other than just having Michelle Rodriguez in it, which you know goes some portion of the way? We have that line where Mila Jovovich tells Michelle Rodriguez she could kiss her. Yes, and uh, and we're, we're shipping Mila with uh, what's his face, Boreanaz's sister. <laughs> I would like to point out that the only sexual chemistry that exists in this movie at all is shared between Mila and Michelle Rodriguez's character. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And absolutely. I, 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 I am fully, fully believe that Mila's character is by, uh, in throughout this series. Yeah, yeah. that's no, I, that, I, I, that checks out. Yep. Yeah, I mean, definitely checks. The... Jill, Claire. Yeah, that checks out. The male characters in this movie couldn't identify chemistry if you gave them a Bunsen burner and a, a fucking beaker. Like <laughs> they're surrounded <laughs> by like so Muppets? much science. This movie is nothing but science, and they still can't find any chemistry. <laughs> this is the biggest quotation marks around science. Quotation uh, marks for days. Just for twenty-eight days. Look, there are vials. There's colors in the vials. Sometimes things are. St- smooth and shiny how much more science can it be and then we also have that sweet undercut <laughs> that mia jovovich gets at the end of the movie i mean it's medical based but she rocks that shit so to answer your question jeremy uh no there's there's fucking nothing no, yeah <laughs> mia jovovich scra- gets a bisexual haircut the at the end yeah the we're scraping the barrel and we're getting medically induced haircuts <laughs> that's the clearest thing we can find in this film now the, so, the the one thing the one area that i would argue this movie might have some progressive politics is in the the question of like class because uh it's firmly anti one particular corporation yeah but umbrella is also the worst corporation of all time that's only because it's in 2002 now it wouldn't even be top five i know right <laughs> I've think never Umbrella could seen hold an evil... Amazon. God, like, is is Umbrella stupider than Wayland Utani? I think they are. <laughs> oh, totally. Wayland Utani at least is good at making like androids and stuff. Who's buying your zombie pro? Like, we made the military zombies. This is totally worth the overhead of our five hundred person underground super lab. Yeah, the one AI in this movie is a psychotic nine-year-old. It's not Bishop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> corporation's bad. Okay. I will ask, though... Corporation's bad, but corporation specifically, dumb as fuck. I mean... every Everyone associated with this corporation, whether a corporeal human or, the ro- or a robot ghost girl is terrible at their job and makes nothing but the worst decisions it's great i mean i think that that's pretty much like a corporation right there um there's a reason that we don't know at least we don't know about not that i really believe that we have computers that are smart enough to like be cute and say i've been a bad girl unless hey siri good evening emily how can i help have you been a bad girl that's not nice oh Maybe computers can be cute. Welcome to progressively AI bondage. <laughs> I don't like what you're insinuating about Siri and me. <laughs> this, this is not. 
<laughs> this is not public. It's okay. We're saving this. We're saving this for Lawnmower Man 2 beyond cyberspace. <laughs> Siri's mad at me, y'all. Now I'm really scared. <laughs> Well, this is how it starts. Waffled, it's going to we'll send you. Se- yeah, Yo, if you find cubesteaks of me in the morning. Is that Siri's mad at you, and now I've said the word waffles out loud enough times that you're going to wake up tomorrow and you're going to get fucking nothing but waffle ads. That's okay. <laughs> um, that's a sacrifice I'm willing to make. I want to ask Steve. Yes. So the video games. Would you say that any like of of the or at least the the games that were out when this movie started to happen by by that I mean when it came out. <laughs> I, um. I uh, so the first three games had come out when this movie came out because I think two thousand two that would have been when they were developing. Resident Evil 4 and then accidentally made Devil May Cry instead. <laughs> okay, that's interesting actually. So in, in terms of progressive politics, in terms of like feminism and mental illness and all, you know all these topics that we're talking about, how did the games do? Just briefly, like how badly did this movie go wrong? I, oh boy, how much time do we got left? <laughs> I mean, just in a nutshell, I guess. I'm really curious. I mean, my 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 biggest thing with this movie, with the games, is that uh, we've been said it earlier, is that it's afraid to embrace its source material. That with the video game came along, and you had characters like Jill Valentine, and you had uh, Claire Redfield, and and so on as they went forward. These were characters. These were these were women that were badasses. They were armed you know they were they were dangerous they were clever they were solving puzzles they were uncovering mysteries they were surviving and i think in that way female characters weren't always we didn't have like the real rise of uh the lara crofts and stuff yet that was still coming up and so jill valentine's and and characters like her in resident evil were kind of led the charge on that stuff and so to have a character like Alice that doesn't really get any sort of real agency until maybe the latter end of the movie and maybe not even then. You know, I think it's easy to see, oh, the movie has like a woman main character. The games had lots of women main characters. So like they're the same like that. But I think, honestly, I think Alice whether it's because of the amnesia or the fact that, you know, even if it's not textual yet, they do kind of treat her as this like ultra badass who's like always got like, who once she gets her memory back, she can kung fu the zombies and kick them and take down the liquor. There's this kind of certain, you know, that strong female character, TM, I talked about where it's all about just like her being badass and hyper-confident. And I don't think it captures this kind of vulnerability, this humanity that Jill and Claire had. They were more normal people like thrown in like over their heads. They got to be a little more, uh, well, I don't wanna say warm because you know what? We do see Alice very concerned for everybody else. So we do see a lot of warm for Alice, but I think there was just this, and correct me if I'm wrong, Steve, but I feel like there was a certain amount of vulnerability and humanity to Jill and Claire 
Um, it just felt like they were always more great, like just like having to survive by their wits and by the skin of their teeth. Yeah, than absolutely. Alice does. Yeah, I um, I would agree with that. Absolutely. And and Jill, the characters in uh, the Resident Evil games were never sexualized. So okay, here's here's you, here's my thing well, about we that. We do have Ada. We do have femme fatale straight right. out of like Ada Wong femme fatale, which is oh, a okay. whole other. Thing. So we we threw on. We were eating dinner last night, and we threw on Resident Evil Apocalypse just because we were making our way through through the movies. And I brought up images of Jill Valentine because I wanted to look at her outfits from the games throughout time. And it just blows my mind that they managed to pick the skimpiest, you know, quote unquote, sexiest costume that she has. That's actually an alt costume in the game that when you meet these characters in the core Resident Evil game franchise, they are literally like pants, body armor, uh, holsters in in, uh, in all the right places, armed with guns, wearing hats and like protective elbow pads and gloves. They are ready to go in SWAT style or star style and really be prepared for any type of situation. Yeah, and I mean, this is talking about the sequel, but when Jill comes into the movie, she chooses her outfit before she goes to the police station and she chooses the alt costume that is basically a blue top with, uh, I think, shorts or a skirt, like a short, short skirt. And yeah, it, it's, it's, it's bad. like the white sweater tied around the waist. Yeah, it's, like, it's, it's, it's bad. Um, Jill is definitely meant to be more of that, you know, like that she's a trained police officer. She's a professional. She's got more training really in terms of more the fashionable one who still doesn't show up in an asymmetric dress is uh, Claire Redfield, but she's always meant to be more of a civilian really thrown into the deep end, like surviving despite being in over her head compared to Claire, compared to Jill and Chris, right? the and, other main protagonist. And I mean, we do get glimmers of this type of thing with Alice, at least that when she first wakes up, one of the first things that she does is she tests her own handwriting against the note that's left on the table. And she's, you know, she's, she's using her skills of deduction to find out what her situation is. She's turning on all the lights. She's creeping into each room, you know, cautiously instead of just kind of kicking the door in. And I think that they do show her as being rather methodical uh, at the start and you know eventually she grows into kung fu alice uh but i wonder how much of like the baggage and my feelings towards the other movies i'm bringing into it because really from this movie we just have like she's a security person who works there she wanted to bring him down she's very badass and i'm bringing in knowing the rest of the movies are oh, she's actually the super soldier, genetically engineered psychic clone of the founder's daughter. And all of the events of the movie were really just a grand conspiracy to bring out her powers. Yeah. Wasn't well, she created for the movie? She's not in the games. No. Well, yeah, she wouldn't, yeah, she's not in the game. She's uh, like the movie protagonist. Yeah, she, she does feel, there seems to be a little bit of a... Um 
a telegraphing of of her being some sort of special chosen one kind of character just because of how everybody kind of you have all of these mysterious figures you have a lot of the resident evil movies is, is through the like you see the film through the cameras and through the security system and things like that which makes it feel a lot like it's some it's you're observing her progress uh analytically and uh you know that it doesn't really track very well um but you know there is something to that that suggests that there's something more going on with her um especially in that lab but um you know if this movie stood on its own then you know nothing would have really come of that or i should say if this movie didn't have sequels this movie does not stand on its own (laughs) but if this movie was its own movie you know that would have you know of course that never would have been felt like it was uh leading to anything in particular I mean, it's a deliberate choice to make a Resident Evil game with none of the Resident Evil characters. Yeah. And that's not until we get to the sequel. Like, "Ah, all right, fine. I guess we'll start putting in some of the game characters. Well, the, the, um, the characters introduced as protagonists in the original Resident Evil games were not, um, naked woman waking up in a shower. You know, there are games like that. They are not Resident Evil. Um, no, but I'd argue that more Resident Evil games should begin with Chris Redfield waking up naked in a shower. <laughs> sure, I mean, if we're going to be fair, sure. But uh, yeah, I I was really curious about that because I mean, I I the the also the Resident Evil franchise is so long that I'm not quite sure where to start looking into it. Um, I, I mean, I could help you with that if you want. I, I the remakes that they've done in recent yeah. years for for the, the play, uh, PlayStation or uh, the Xbox, I'm not sure. Um, but Resident Evil One and Two, the remakes are outstanding. If you want something more contemporary but still has like a hardcore horror vibe to it, you can go with Resident Evil Seven which has this like Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh, family living in the bayou and each family member is like a different boss and has escaped to a different part of the grounds and you have to solve your way out of that and it is it is a thing I, I ugh, that, that Look, game great if this movie could have seen into the future and at some point, given us a nine foot tall vampire lady. Yes. <laughs> yeah. With um, the hat. Like, boy, would that movie just be like, man, that lady came out of nowhere, but boy, did it like, I, I gotta give this movie at least two extra stars just for her being there. Right. Djokovic <laughs> um, bouncing off of things to kick her in the face. I guess that brings us to recommendations. So, those, the Steve, you would say the Resident Evil. Those Resident Evil games would be good recommendations. Yes, yeah, I, I, I am. I've, I've played all of the Resident Evil games, uh, with the exception of Resident Evil Six. I played the first hour of that and noped out of it real quick because it was just it was bad. But um, you could go old school if you really want to. But honestly, the remakes of the first and second Resident Evil. 
uh, they honor the original games, but also make some necessary changes to them uh, to make them appeal to, to other players. And, but like atmospherically, they're, they're just absolutely incredible. Uh, the fourth one has problematic elements, but if you want like a hardcore Resident Evil action experience, I would recommend that one as well. Um, I actually have, oh, go ahead, Ben. The first three are very narratively like tied together. Like it's all very, um, you know, fairly interconnected characters and plot. It all stems from kind of the same events, uh, one through three. And then four is really this kind of story reset side story. And then five and six become, especially six become, what if Michael Bay did a zombie movie? Yeah, that was that was one of my issues with that. But if you're looking for other video games in the realm of like zombie survival horror, I would also recommend Dead Nation Apocalypse Edition. It is a dual stick top down shooter that has a very uh, smash TV style to it. It's very, very cool. Uh, Dying Light, which is like a parkour zombie game across the city. It is terrifying and very very well done the sequel is taking forever but the first one is definitely worth playing uh and other two games that i would recommend would be dead rising um the earlier ones are better than the later ones but uh lastly i would recommend zombie u if you could manage to find a nintendo wii uh <laughs> <laughs> or a, a wii u it is a great game in that not only is it a cool zombie game, but it actually forces you to, if you want to go into like your bag of holding for your, your stuff to fight the zombies, you quite literally have to put the controller down and unzip the bag and take the items out of the bag and then pick it back up while the action is happening. So it gives you this extra added uh, tension to the gameplay. It was really cool when it came out. I don't know if it would hold up now. I don't even know where you'd find it. But if like you see it at a friend's house, make them find their wires and hook that thing up. <laughs> uh, I have movie recommendations too. Do you want yeah, those? Go for yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, we've already mentioned it a few times, but I will go for 28 Days Later, I think is a, is a fun zombie movie. Uh, I also have Train to Busan. And my wild card for great zombie action that is absolutely disgusting in the best way possible is Peter Jackson's Dead Alive. Oh, man. Yeah. That is the only <laughs> that's, movie that's... that has ever made me dry heave. Lawnmower zombie chopping. Yeah, I am, I am down I've for it. That I've, I've, in the movie, just been like, oh, I feel sick. This makes yeah. me feel sick. I love that movie so much. Uh, it's a bit with the porridge and the yes, yes, the face yes. That's where it. I was gonna oh. like the, the rest of it with the saw baby or whatever. It's just so ridiculous. Oh, oh it was so rough. <laughs> I love gross out horror. I'm a I'm a big fan. Yeah, that's that's one of the few that's ever actually like grossed me out in a way that like I, I felt it physically. <laughs> it <was just> like, <laughs> oh no, and and not in a like just you know somebody drives a nail through somebody's hand kind of way, but in a like, <laughs> throw I can't do, way. I can't do teeth falling out or fingernails being ripped off. I was very upset with stir of echoes and uh, the idea that they showed that scene twice. Yeah. <laughs> that was not nice. 
Yeah. Blood of Donuts just Blood and Donuts just has the breaking the fingernails. Yep. Yeah. The calcium oh, issues. There, man. I was cringing on the couch during that oh, scene. No I believe Roland brought that up on the show. I was dying. I was dying. <laughs> As my crypt, my horror movie kryptonite is teeth and fingernails. Yeah, we just talked about in, in bit. There's a point where somebody has a, a nightmare where teeth are falling out, and I was like, yeah. Oh, yep. there it is. Yep, that bothered like that. me too. Watched that over like the that. weekend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and that was such a like. That's the only movie moment in bit. In an otherwise like movie that usually has a lot of fun with its score, that just makes me go and like, oh god, this is making me sick. I'm so disturbed. I cannot deal with the teeth coming out. Uh, Emily, what kind of recommendations you got? If you want a movie that has the same kind of sci-fi mystery element that actually does something with it and goes somewhere with it, and also has a fantastically diverse cast that does not kill off all of the characters of color, is a movie that I hope that we will address in the future which is event horizon um event horizon is has action and has horror it doesn't have zombies it does have more of a kind of psychological hellraiser kind of situation you know a lot of blue a lot of lasers Um, it also has jason isaacs yeah and jason isaacs wait isn't it sam neil no it's it's sam neil they're both in there okay yeah so oh yeah jason isaacs is in that movie yes Nice. And Sam Neill and Lawrence Fishburne. Did we talk um, about how Event Horizon was like supposed to be a Hellraiser movie or like they tried to get the rights to make it a Hellraiser movie? That makes a lot of sense because it's basically Hellraiser in space, but it's not Hellraiser in space. Because uh, Hellraiser in space is a thing, but Event Horizon is a fantastic film. Also has good techno in the soundtrack of the 90s rather than the early 2000s. So, you know, there's Prodigy. The other recommendation that I have is the Battle Angel Alita comic. Not the movie. Uh, the movie's fine, but not, <laughs> not at all a horror movie. The comic features a character that wakes up from amnesia and then learns how from intuition to kick people's brains out of their heads. It is a horror, um, and it is also the best cyberpunk thing that you will ever read, in my opinion, no, I'm not talking about uh, Gibson cyberpunk. I'm talking about Max Headroom cyberpunk with motorcycles and cyborgs everywhere and everything's dirty and it is fantastic world. The first Battle Angel series, um, Avoid Battle Angel Last Order. That is my personal opinion. That is a sequel. It's not very good. The first one somehow manages to avoid sexualizing this character for volumes. And even when she is sexualized, she is still has full agency and control over her body. So, you know, there is that. And also fantastic, gruesome action. It is partially the reason that my husband and I got married. But that's a different story. <laughs> All so, right. It's a great capper to that. Uh, ben, what do you got? So, Jeremy, you're not going to like this recommendation. Uh-oh. But if you want a movie that is extremely 2000s, is a supernatural-fueled action movie with an awesome woman-led woman protagonist, fucking go watch Underworld. Underworld's great, baby! That's a good time for everyone. You got vampires being goth and extra. You got Bill Nye being grumpy. You got Michael Sheen being just the campiest ass werewolf. It's great. Fucking watch Underworld. Or just like read the White Wolf splat for vampire and 
werewolf. I will say Underworld is a fantastically uh, better movie than Resident Evil. I don't love Underworld for like plot reasons, but it is as stylistic as Resident Evil thinks it is. Oh, you don't watch (laughs) Underworld for the plot. You watch it because everyone is fucking dressed to the nines, being extra as fuck. It's vampires being leather and slutty and just oozing sex like classy sexiness it's werewolves not wearing shirts refusing to wear shirts and all of them looking great in no it was like just open vests michael sheen is having the time of his life like being like a creepy like werewolf leader like bill nye gets his head chopped in half it's got it's a trip. It's funny that you mentioned that because I was when I was trying to think of recommendations for this movie, I scrolled down to the IMDb more like this section, and it was, and it's Resident Evil Apocalypse, Resident Evil Extinction, Resident Evil <laughs> Resident Evil Retribution, Resident Evil: The Final Chapter, and Underworld. <laughs> <laughs> no ultraviolet. Nope, no ultraviolet that on there. No, even the this knows like. We know you're watching the Resident Evil movies, but not even you deserve to see Ultraviolet. <laughs> it also recommends. So the next six is the other three Underworld movies, and then two Blade movies and Van Helsing. That's another great recommendation. Fucking go see Blade. Yeah. yeah. If you want to see a movie that puts crazy, like ridiculous, like in your face kind of like techno rock music over the movie but actually makes it work with the tone and enhance the film fucking blade. It's great. That opening club scene is still an absolute oh. Oh, yeah. classic. My recommendations. I, I had trained to Busan down because I always recommend Train to Busan. It's one of my favorite zombie movies. It's one of the few zombie movies that I've watched in the last few years and been like, Oh, this is scary and stuff I've never seen before done with zombies or stuff I've seen. I haven't seen done better somewhere else legitimately scary all the way through um, and, and done incredibly well. Um, I, I wanted to recommend The Knight's Tale because James Fearfoy is in that too. And he actually gets to be British in it instead of having to pretend to have an American accent that just won't stay in place. But I, I love A Knight's Tale. Uh, but the, the one I really wanted to recommend is Blood Quantum. So I don't know how many people have seen Blood Quantum. I watched it on Shudder. It is a Canadian zombie horror movie and the concept of it is basically there is a a zombie outbreak the only people who turn out to be immune are like first nations people so uh you know native canadian people and basically like their reservation turns into like the last outpost of you know keeping keeping zombies out people you know come in looking for shelter um and you know they have to kind of decide who they're going to let in and who they're not and who's who's safe to let in and it has it's an incredible zombie horror movie that that takes it from a very different twist and is almost like top to bottom people involved in it from you know directors to writers to actors are all uh you know native folks who do do an amazing job making a, a legitimately scary and downright troubling movie you know with with zombie stuff and it's it's really great. I know it's on Shutter. Uh, I know it's available to like rent and buy other places as well. But that's definitely one worth checking out. Well, that takes us to to wrapping up here. Uh, Steve, can you let people know where they can find you online? Sure. Uh, if you want to find me, I am on Twitter and Instagram. My handle is at dead underscore anchorus. 
And if you want to hear me talk about comic books, every Wednesday, we drop a new episode of the Talking Comics podcast. We just dropped our 480th episode this uh, Wednesday or yeah, this Wednesday. So uh, coming up on 500. Was that? It's today when we're recording this. Hey, there you go. Uh, Jeremy's been on it plenty of times and uh, hope to have some other folks from Progressively Horrified on the show sometime soon as well. That'd be awesome. I would love to. uh, Yeah, that'd be super fun. Oh, I I, I plan on it. I've I've been planning on it for a while. I wanted to wait until after my episode that I was definitely going to talk to y'all about uh, coming onto the show to uh, promote anything and everything that you've got. Consider me very down for that. Yes, absolutely open open invitation always thank yeah. you yeah i i love talking comics i mean I've, I've obviously been on there several times but it is one of the few um not to shade any other comics podcasts but it's one of the few like comics review podcasts that i actually listen to because i feel like you guys always have a a nice spread of people on there talking about stuff um and you know if, if nothing else uh people who listen to this will have heard both uh bob and Aaron on here at some point already, um, as well as occasionally Bronwyn is on, uh, on Talking Comics, but also on yeah. you know, her own show over there. Um, so all all good folks over there. Um, thank you. Yeah, and, and thank you guys so much for you know you've featured a couple of our episodes on your your thread as well to uh, you know let people know when when folks are on here. It's our pleasure, man. You know, like spread the love. More people, more people get to hear the show. More people tune in and subscribe and throw down for patreons and whatever may come but you know we're always looking to support good people and you know we really love what you do here on the show and uh it's been a it's been an absolute pleasure to be a part of this and to have you welcome us onto your show uh as well it's been very very kind well thank you yeah that's really kind thank you yeah uh emily can you let people know where they can find you online um, I'm on Twitter at Megamoth, uh, Tumblr at Megamoth, um, Instagram at Mega underscore Moth, um, uh, Patreon.com slash Megamoth, um, and then Megamoth.net. Um, on the internet is uh, my, my uh, not often updated online portfolio but updated a lot more often is my Instagram. So I would start there at mega mm-hmm. underscore moth and, uh, and then Patreon, which I sometimes show comic in progress pages. Yeah. You want to see secrets <laughs> come follow. And, and Ben, what about you? You can find me on Twitter at, at Ben the con and at my website, benconcomics.com. Uh, my upcoming graphic novel, Renegade Rule, is being published by Dark Horse Comics and is available uh, now for pre-order in comic stores and bookshops everywhere, coming out uh, this May in comic shops and June in uh, bookstores. And keep uh, tuning in every Friday. I'm thankful to hear you let me ramble about all sorts of this and that on, every, on each episode of Progressively Horrified. Yeah, and uh, <clears throat> as for me, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at jrome58. It's J-R-O-M-E-5-8. Uh, you can also find me at jeremywhitley.com. 
Um, my next book, School for Extraterrestrial Girls, book two is coming out this summer. Um, and Raven the Pirate Princess book nine is out now, uh, as well as any number of, of pony things and uh, Marvel action chillers. Now that we're in February, has finally, uh, our, our Halloween special has wrapped up. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, corona. Um, <clears throat> so as for the podcast, Progressively Horrified, you can find us at patreon.com slash progressively horrified. Um, we're also on Twitter at Prog Horror Pod, as in Progressive Horror Podcast. Uh, our website is progressivelyhorrified.transistor.fm. Please come subscribe, rate us, review us, give us all of your stars. Uh, you know, as many stars as, as you can manage to, to drag along. Just deposit them in our box of stars. We would love that. Um, and uh, that's it for this week. I do want to thank uh, Steve again for coming on. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate it. This was great. Of course. So much it's fun. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah. I hope you had, I hope you had a good you. time. I was so great. I was so nervous. <laughs> you all are like my favorite podcast. I'm not even kidding. Really? Yes. Oh my God. Oh. I listened I listen to every episode. I promised myself that I wasn't going to say this, but I'll say it at the end. I was super nervous to do this. I've been podcasting what? for nine years and oh. I was nervous as shit to come onto this show. This was I'm such a fun movie to do. Like this was so much fun having you. Like I really, I really hope this was a fun time. I just you, like, you all, you, you all make me laugh so much every week, and I've learned so much from listening to the show ever since it started. And you know, there are little things throughout my life that I have now that I think make me a better person. And listening to the opinions and the thoughts and the just everything that you guys bring to this show has really added a lot to my my perspective on a lot of things in the last little while. And I just thank you for that. I'm going to cry. Yeah. That's... Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Very welcome. Please. I'm not actually going to, I mean, I might cry later, but that's you know, so, it's so kind. Oh my goodness. Jeremy knows I'm a bit of a sap, but yeah, this uh, I, all of us here are. So you're oh my company. God. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> we, we've been playing it cool, but we all cried about Resident Evil, right? <laughs> I mean, I cried about when, some things. Yeah, yeah, for different reasons. Yeah. When what's his face, who we kept thinking was going to die and then didn't, finally died because the thing ripped him out of the train. I was like, ah, you. <laughs> I didn't cry. I cried for what? Yeah. I didn't remember the obligatory, like, the, the, I'm, I could kiss you, you bitch. That bit, I had not remembered that. And that made me so much more angry than I originally was. Mm-hmm. Um, right? That we lost they had, Michelle Rodriguez. They had the chemistry. I do. That, that is a great a point for me to, to, to thank you, Ben and Emily, for being here as well. Of course. Always. <laughs> so You know, will, always down. We will see you all again next week. Progressively Horrified is created and produced by Jeremy Whitley. This episode featured 
Jeremy Whitley, Ben Kahn, Emily Martin, and Steve Say. All opinions expressed by the commentators are solely their own and not intended to represent the intent or opinion of the filmmakers, nor do they represent any of the employers, institutions, or publishers of the commentators. Our theme music is Epic Darkness by Mario Cole 06 and is provided royalty-free from Pixabay. Contact us on Twitter at ProgHorrorPod or by email at progressivelyhorrified at gmail.com.